What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 33 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. I don't know how I keep fucking this up. 33 sounds wrong. That sounds like a well, lot of episodes. It's because you're breaking your brain by going the first ever No, I got that part down. That's easy. That's really easy. Let me try it. Can I try it? Yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome to the first episode. Nope. See, I can't do it either. God damn first it, ever Nick. episode of Kevin eating a scone off of a desk. As always, something that I I'm Tim Gaze. Right now. I'm, I'm joined by one half of the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moriarty. It's your boy. And Nick. Jesus. Nick Scarpino. You know, and because we have no choice, mm-hmm. you Nick literally Scarpino. have plenty of choices. You don't need to include me on this show. You I could, wanted you to be here. No, I respect that, but also, I, I'm not going to get butthurt if you guys... Want to actually bring in someone who knows about games? Because you know, I just end up sitting here talking shit about Kevin. That's all you, you do. It has right. a nice little spice to this. Show. I want everyone to know that before we started this show, Kevin was legitimately eating a freshly baked chocolate chip scone off of the desk that holds the soundboard. He didn't brought. There was no paper towels, and he didn't want to dirty a plate. Shut, Kevin. I'm talking. He didn't want to dirty a plate, <laughs> so he put the scone directly on the desk. Now, Colin didn't see that, and I had two choices at this point. I could have easily just let it go, but I brought it to Colin's attention, and now Colin is fixated on it. So we made Kevin go get a plate. Colin wasn't fixated on it. You were fixated on it. Yeah, Colin it was really had shoot. nothing to do except he looked here, said one <laughs> sentence of disapproval, <laughs> and then like, Nick just didn't stop like, talking Colin, about it. Like, oh, absolutely. And then you were No, just like, you don't understand Colin. See, <laughs> you're not as close to Colin as I am. That bothered him. And it was starting to wear on his psyche. And had you not gotten it, he's still worried about it. He's going to probably spray that down when we leave so the ants don't get to it. I'm just, we just got an ant problem. You know, like, it's just the nature. It, we live in a clean apartment, but they're just, they just find a they way. They come marching in they, one by yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Right, 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 right. What was the line from Jurassic Park? Uh, nature uh, finds a way. Was that what it was? That was. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was good. Uh, 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 nature. Uh, uh, finds a way. Yeah. yeah. God damn. <laughs> They're like, great. Take, take the good take there. Yeah, cut. We, uh, we got it. Uh, cut. Uh, oh, cut. man. All right. So, you guys are probably wondering why the other half of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller, mm. is not here. Great. And he's not because we're in San Francisco. He's in LA doing what's called the Metal Gear Solid 5 boot camp. I'm seeing it referred to. On the internet? Yeah, that's what makes you happy. Yeah, I don't know. That's what they're calling it. Yeah. But it, essentially, it's just the Metal Gear Solid Five review extravaganza thing where they get all the different outlets to go down and play the yeah, game. They get a lot of outlets, out. a lot of media influencers, a lot of just fun, like... What's cool is I, I think they... they That's uh, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. I, 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 I see the thing is your, your attention got drawn to Kevin. Now I want to make fun of Kevin again, so... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt. Just like I saw Kevin playing with my one of my my microfiber cloths. And I don't take kindly to that. Oh, he was gonna clean the crumbs up with it. You were, weren't you? And that no, was the I thing. Wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's in this space. In this space, I gotta clean it later. All right. Uh, good lord. Okay, so great. So they invited a big, a good mix of media outlets and then influencers and just fans, like big fans from blogs and things like that, that are just yeah. huge Metal Gear fans to so. play a lot of the games. So um, what Greg's doing is he's going to be playing pretty much a week's worth of Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah. And we are doing an insane thing like we've never done before where he's going to be doing a Let's Play every day of this game for two weeks, including weekends. So it's like there's this whole crazy schedule. Is that not right? I think it is. It's accurate, probably. Like, yeah. Schedule. We're probably generating either, the word you're looking for. Either way, I'm pretty sure. Like We're getting at least 10, right? 
Let, there's a lot of Let's Plays. There's a lot right? of Let's Plays. Guys. Lots of damn Let's Plays are happening. Lots of Metal Gear content, I can guarantee you. At least 10 Metal Gear contents. Yeah, overall. I mean, also, uh, no spoilers. You know, once the game comes out, we're going to be... Greg will be probably exclusively streaming Metal Gear until we yank him off of his PS4 and make him go to bed or force feed him something. Greg just can't play a game, so of course he's going to be he's going to be streaming it until until the cows come home. Yeah. There'll but probably at that point, be the a game, meet and greet involved. Yeah, somehow. he'll have a meet and greet during the In Afghanistan <laughs> in the game. It's like he'll have everyone come and meet him in the in mother base. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's really cool. I'm really excited for it because obviously I'm really excited for this game. Mm-hmm. I wish I was there with him right now. Um, instead, I'm here watching Portillo sniff around. For Portillo, party. I'm not sure what he's doing. He's sniffing. sniffing the crumbs that were no doubt dropped by cookies that came off of Kevin's shirt. Am I correct? Nope. Yeah. Kevin's shirt's pretty crummy. I'll Kevin, tell you that much. Do you, would you take Portillo. offense if I called you the cookie monster from now on? It's a cool name. No, it would not. Cool. But cookie like an internet cookie. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, no, you're, I, like if I looked through your cookies, I'd be horrified mind. like you're a monster. So this episode is sponsored by Volume, a nice. stealth game coming out. Oh, it's already out. It's out. August 18th. So it's on PS4. It's coming soon to Vita. Yeah, in the coming weeks to Vita, according yeah. to Mike Bithell. We got PC and Mac. Get from that. the creator of Thomas Was Alone, Mike Bithell, friend of the show. Uh, volume combines a core story starring Andy Serkis and Danny Wallace with an editor that lets you make and play content as part of a community of stealth game fans. For more information, follow at Volume Game on Twitter. And once again... You tweet at Volume Game. Tell them the Tim Getty sent you. I'm liking this. I don't know if you guys see this. You probably don't because I'm the one tagged in it. There's a lot of people doing this. Good. And I appreciate it. You can also tweet at Mike Bethel and just tell him that Nick Scarpino, at Nick underscore Scarpino, says what's up. Yeah. Do whatever you want because Mike Bethel is the homie and Volume looks legitimately awesome. You can go check out the Let's yeah. Play we did on YouTube.com slash games. I'm waiting for Vita because I want to get Me on too. that. But man, it Me looks too. fun. Yeah, That's my Mike, intention. Met Mike a couple times. Met him at GDC and then at E3. He's a nice guy. Nice so, guy. Perverted mind, though. Just, are you talking about you? Wait, which one are we talking about? I think we're talking about you. Oh, yeah. Then definitely, yeah. yeah preferred of mine. So the first topic of the day is what games are we most excited about? Which is a nice little segue because I'm pretty excited about volume on Vita. Yeah. Because I've been waiting exciting. for a Vita experience for all my damn plane flights mm-hmm. to all these conventions and all the crazy things we're doing. we got a lot coming up. What's your next thing? we got PAX. we got PAX. So we're going to be in Seattle week. for PAX Prime. Mm-hmm. Well, there'll be a meet and greet there. <laughs> there will be meet and greet there. Yeah. We'll be having a... Uh, I don't think we've... Disclose the location of it just yet. Okay, but there but will we'll be a meet and greet. We'll just follow us on Twitter. We'll figure that out. Um, there will be. We won't need greet. a tax badge. For we that. got a ton of everyone's a ton of panels. Like Colin's in like nine panels, aren't you? How many panels are you doing? Uh, like three or four. Yeah, I'm hosting one, but we can't talk about it yet. We'll do ours. I'm doing a couple with Gamespot. Um, yeah, so yeah. I'll be doing quite a few panels. Yeah, it's it'll be, be fun. fun. And then. Directly after that, we have the GameStop Expo. Right. In We're Las Vegas, that. Nevada. Yeah. Now, we'll be there, I believe, uh, on the 1st and 2nd of September. The show, I believe, is the 2nd of September, if I'm getting my days right. It's the Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and we'll be live streaming all day, hosting their live stream. Uh, of, uh, ton of games, ton of fun content. We're also uh, going to do a games cast from the show floor. So uh, if you have the fortune of attending that event, you can come see us live, hackle us, do whatever you want to yeah. do. Standard, It's a standard garbage truck. I'm excited for that. that uh, the topic for that games cast is just going to be one topic for the whole show. Right. It's going to be... Um, favorite game, GameStop memories. Like GameStop memories yeah. and stuff. And yeah. like, oh man, I can't wait There's to There's a lot. I have a, a lot of great ones too, yeah. especially from IGN because there were so many different eras of, of visiting the GameStop. Yeah. Uh, we'll your save your that Brennan for story about Metal Gear Solid 4 might be my favorite one. Oh, okay. Guess, we'll, we'll save get that, that for, we'll get for that, that, but that'll be good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had a lot, of, a lot of that stuff coming up. And then later in September, we have TwitchCon, which is here. So I guess I don't even know. That one I'm really excited that. about too. I'm excited yeah. about, I'm actually really excited about PAC, uh, the next like three events we get to go to. Yeah. Um, what is going on down there? I don't there? even know. There's some knocky knocks going on. No, I want the window open. 
It's fine. It's who's, probably not coming. Who's from. yeah? Who has it come? Where's the knocking coming from? Someone's hammering something in upstairs. Or... I forgot to do the whole rigmarole because Nick's here. Yeah, and, you know we just talk. And I'm sorry. Talk and I no, it's fine. It doesn't matter. But uh, this is the kind of funny games cast. It's pretty much the game over Greggy show, but we talk about video games. It's four topics and all that stuff. But if you want the whole show early, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. There's a whole bunch of different tiers to get the show early, and for only a dollar a month, you get an extra episode of the show, exclusive. 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 So you should check that out. We do a lot of fun stuff. The last one was me, Nick, and Greg in a car that talking a about episode. road trip gaming. Yeah. So that was fun. So you yeah. should definitely go check that stuff out. And also, we have the Kind of Funny forums. You should go to there, leave topics for the show, and we will get to them eventually. No, we'll get to them. Yeah. So going back to it, what games are we excited for? Because I already talked about volume. Excited for that one. What else? I'm excited for Metal Gear. I'm very excited for this. And it's this will be my first foray, not counting Grand Zeros, into an actual Metal Gear title. Now, some might think that's blasphemy because I should probably go back and play some of the other titles. But again, I sat down with Greg at dinner. We were at a, uh, not a PF Chang's, uh, BJ's, getting, uh, you know, he got some sort of uh, pizza. Pazuki. No, we didn't get a bazooka. It was too much food. But he got a, he got a buffalo chicken pizza. I got an ahi salad, and then I proceeded to eat half of his buffalo chicken pizza, like I do sometimes. You know, sometimes you order. I'll order something really healthy, and I'll eat all your French fries. Yeah, same thing. And I'm like, look, I I don't have time to go back and play all the other Metal Gears. Um, I'm like, should I? Wh- where should I start here? And Greg's just, I'm like, can you bring me up to speed on what's going on with the story? Now I've asked that question before, and every time I ask it. It's a hilarious answer because the answer goes on way too long, and I'm nowhere closer to any clarity on the on the the events of the storyline that I was an hour before when I asked it. Um, but Greg kind of brought me up to speed, and I'm like, "This is such a weird and wacky story that I think I'm just gonna have to jump in." Honestly, yeah. Um, I mean, I just I don't I don't see myself going back and playing Guns of the Patriot. I don't see myself going back you and trying to find any of the other titles like one like one through three, I guess that were, you know, I just I, I don't know that I could do it can't do it yeah i think you'll be okay um i mean it's obviously these games have been designed to really benefit people that have played through all of them and there's a lot of the little details and stuff that you get that you pick up on you're like oh my god that's cool a lot of fan service especially the last couple games have been very fan service right but it's like you don't need to know any of that stuff and a lot of the games the first time you play through them you don't know what the hell's going on anyways right it's not until you really kind of reflect on it and read about it and think about it and talk to other people. Right, you right. You those moments where you're like, oh, that's what was going on. Or else you're like, I don't fucking know. See, I think the impact of this one will, of course, be lessened by the fact that I don't have the wealth of knowledge that you guys do for the Metal Gear series. Um, but it's undeniably a cool game. And I think what I'm drawn to, aside from the sort of very Japanese manner of storytelling, you know, and uh, which I'm warming up to more and more. Because it's definitely not Western, right? It's definitely not your Hollywood style of like, I'm going to give you a really straight up story where we uh, feel the need to sort of set up characters and events before they happen so that when the payoff happens, boom, you get it, right? With Metal Gear, what I've noticed is that they'll just throw things at you and there'll be characters that you haven't seen maybe even in like 10 years. No setup, no reason why they're there. They're just there. And the excitement comes from the fact that they are, they're, they're being reintroduced into your world. Not necessarily like a Hollywood film where... You know, you get a little inkling of that character the first act, and then the second act, boom, that's when they show up, and then they got to fight. In the th- you know, they'll just kind of throw stuff at you, and that's that. It's just a different mentality, and so I get past that. But it's got an undeniably cool sense of style to it. I mean, there is nothing quite as cool as Snake, right, mm-hmm. or Big Boss, or whichever the one you play in this game. Yeah, <laughs> you're I, Big Boss. I don't really one. know. Um, 
and I, and I want to, and there's a lot to this game, right? As they as they progress, I mean, you've seen all the footage we've seen so far. The game is beautiful looking. It's got a really deep system of combat. So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that that's a game I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm also looking forward to purchasing my first Vita. Which will happen. Your first Vita. As yeah. if there will be another in the future. Well, I'm sure that Sony will make another handheld because the Vita was so successful. Mm. that How can they not? I'm surprised they haven't made one already. Right, Colin? Yeah, I'm, I'm just shocking. <laughs> My question about this hammering noise. I don't know if this so is coming just through. Pretend it's not I just don't know if this is coming through. What could you possibly be hammering consistently with no, just... Where is it come? Where is, is the shut the window? I want to see if the window makes a difference. No. Where is this coming from? It's like right there. It's on the other side of the wall. Something's in the wall. Well, it's in San Francisco, so the walls are like two inches apart from the neighbors. So it could be that the guy next door is putting up thirty. Frames. But, yeah, but he been, just isn't there's stopping. No stopping. If he's putting up the frames, it's, it's, it's just like I like, want to see this because he's just going down the line, <laughs> hammering. Someone's like spotting and putting nail after nail after nail. That's he's a fucking. He might be adding. No, I mean you still have to. This is bizarre. All right, we get it. We get it. We get it. Yeah, All right. right. So. <laughs> <laughs> This is probably the most exciting time of the, the year so far for me with video games where I haven't really cared about any of the games coming out this year. You know, when, um, damn, I'm totally blanking on the name, the parkour zombie game. Oh, Dying, Dying Light. Light. Dying Light. That came out, no real interest in it. I had a PS4, but I was like, oh, it's too eh. bad. You should you should go back yeah, and play at least a few it, hours of it. It's a really cool game. I'm sure it's cool, but it's just not something that like grabs me where I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to stop making videos and like planning stuff and doing all the things I like to play that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's certain games that I'm like, everything stops because I'm playing this. And then we get to Batman. I just never got into the other games. So I'm like, eh, it's not really something that grabs me like that. Metal Gear, I knew was going to be the first huge game that I mm-hmm. need to jump into. The last month, I just haven't been able to, to wait. It's like I'm constantly watching trailers and stuff. Just today, they released a trailer that was like a legacy trailer that went mm-hmm. through the. 28 years or whatever the hell and like PlayStation like the legacy on PlayStation specifically and I'm like good lord I have so much chills from this like this is going to be awesome and this hammer is bothering Just me so like much I know I'm really trying to um, so you're yeah. legitimately going to sit down how, how many hours do you think you'll play this can you think you're going to beat I'm it? I'm going to beat the game I will beat, beat Metal Gear 5 for sure um, but my, I don't know when I'm going to and I've been stressing out a lot about this don't stress <laughs> no I'm just saying don't I mean don't, don't stress because you know it's Actually, I don't. Know. I have no idea how long the game is. I'm well, not even so sure how what I'm sure it's very long. What I'm stressed I'm sure out it's about. Long. I mean, well, that, that's the thing. Is like I don't really care too much about all the side missions and all the like. Peace Walker turned me off because of all the base building and all mm-hmm. the like the gathering your troops and all that stuff. I don't want that. Like, and I, it sounds optional, and I think it was in Peace Walker as well. Like, I just want to do the story missions. Sure, get through. And uh, the other Metal Gear games were never that long, like fifteen hours max, right? Well, so, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, that's about right. Fif- it, you can get through them a little quicker. You can get through well, them a little well, slower. I'm saying yeah, max. Fif- yeah, like, I'd say 15 hours is, is, is the good meat. If you do some of, of the side things, you know, just kind yeah. of like leisurely go through it. Because I'm not good at games. But um, 8 to 15 hours per per game. Some, like I think MGS1's a little shorter than that. But I would, You know what? It's it's sad we can't do this because it would, be, it would just take up way too much bandwidth. I would love to capture just both of our gameplay sessions for this. Just see <laughs> the complete... 
and total opposite ends of the spectrum of, of how do. we either both of us play this. Because I know what's going to inevitably happen is I'm going to throw the ranking idea, the idea of getting an S rank on every mission out the window after the first three tries on the first mission. And I am just going to try to massacre every single person on every land. And that's just what's going to happen. Yeah. And I'm going to get the, I'm going to get a reputation for being a psychopath within the Metal Gear community. And I don't care. That's good. Yeah, I mean, see, Someone's I don't care the about the rankings at all. Like, to me, I'm, I'm in it for the story. I'm in it to sure. play through it. And the gameplay is fun to me. Yeah. I don't really care about doing all the extra stuff. Uh, but what I'm stressed about is this isn't the only game I want to play that's happening right now. But in addition to Metal Gear, another thing that I, I need to time how I'm going to play is you were telling me that I need to look into Until Dark. And, wow, Until Dawn. Yep. Because I, mean, I remember when they showed it at PSX. And it had, what's her name, Hayden Pantaneri or yeah. whatever. And it looked cool. It looked like a fun little diversion of just, like, teen horror stuff. But I've kind of been writing it off as just, like, something that doesn't really interest me. And, like, I'm not going to um, look into it, especially when Metal Gear is coming out. Right. So, like, two weeks after, a week after. Um, but then you, there was the, that new trailer that came out that was, like, more of the, not the launch trailer, but, like, the actual... The trailer that shows off the game. Yeah, and choices can be made. They, they release a whole thing where it's like the choices can be made within the trailer, I think, and stuff like that, which is cool. Uh, yeah, the timing's really weird because th- a lot of people are really skeptical about Until Dawn, and I understand why that is because the game was rebooted. The game's been in development for a very long time. I'm surprised, actually, that Sony has let Supermassive work on this game. I saw this game for the first time, I think, in 2011. And, Damn. Um, in New York Comic Con. I think it was 2011. And at the time that I saw it, it was running on PS3 and I used PlayStation Move. And the game um, has totally been rebuilt and reworked now. And actually, a PlayStation experience, one of the coolest things in December when we were there, one of the coolest moments was when Supermassive came on stage and showed it and the crowd was freaking the fuck out, like uh-huh. making the choices for them as you go. Oh, yeah, that um, was cool. The timing is weird. I mean, I, I, I understand why people are skeptical of Until Dawn based on its August late August timing, the fact that two big games are coming out the next week and, and Metal Gear and Mad Max. So I think it is going to get buried a little bit, no pun intended. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's a game absolutely worth looking into. And well, so for me, looking at it, like watching this trailer, because I haven't seen anything about the game until, I mean, since uh, PSX. And it really looks like a 90s teen horror movie. And I'm just like, yeah, I want to play that. I have to play it's that. It's like now. playing Scream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm like, that looks that. fucking awesome. Nice. So yeah. I want to I definitely set aside some time to play that. Hopefully before I get to Metal Gear. I just don't know how it's going to work with our travel thing. But then Mario Maker. Mario oh, yeah. Maker. And we have Mario Maker, which is even which is even That more. makes it so hard. It's like we literally have, uh, have it to play before it comes out. And it comes out officially September 11th. The it's 11th like, of September. Yeah, the 11th of, of September. <laughs> I love how they just keep saying that. Like, why don't you just move the date? All right, anyway, go ahead. Um, and, man, that game is going to... I'm going to sing some hours into that. You know, I can't wait to play the just what's in it already, like the, the levels that they made, the 100 levels or whatever, plus all the, the downloaded levels from different people making it and making our own levels. And, like, I want to think of something for us to do where we make levels for each other and play them and all that stuff. I, I mean, this, the sad thing is with me, my, my immediate thought is it's going to go to per, some sort of perverted land yeah or just make a, a level that's just the world, inside of a man's world five dick land yeah <laughs> world six genitalia anal big land. dick big Giant dick. dick land <laughs> they call it, dick they land. call this land the mushroom I'm, tip i'm <laughs> excited i'm really excited about jesus about, kevin i'm really excited about mario maker as well uh the, the we talked about it a little bit on colin and greg live but the unlocking system in the game is absolutely atrocious and stupid but other than that i uh I still can't get over how bad. What is the unlocking? You have to play the game over a period of nine days to unlock everything. Why? And it doesn't matter if you've sunk in like five or ten minutes or ten hours in one day. You unlock the same amount of stuff. So it's like there's all the tools and different assets you can use to create the levels. And they didn't want to overwhelm players in the beginning by putting everything there. 
And uh, I mean, but it's like why? Because players are stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it's like the difference between MS Paint and Photoshop. You know, like sure. just throwing Photoshop at someone and being like, figure it out. There's isn't that, a million what, but isn't different that things. what a tutorial is for? Like, couldn't they just have put the other things in there and then just got at like one tutorial level? It's like, here's how you yeah, use all these I mean, things. That's the difference between a tutorial for Mario or for uh, MS Paint and a tutorial for Photoshop. It's like, that's hella shit. Sure. This way, it's like, if you play little by little, you can kind of familiarize yourself with the different things. And I don't know if there's tutorials, but if there is, it's little chunks at a time. Now, I immediately, I was like, everyone's flipping out about it. I'm like, oh, I don't think it's that bad. Like, I think it's a good idea that they're, you know, introducing these things so people actually understand what all the different pieces are. And I was talking to Colin about it yesterday, and he totally won me over. This is stupid and ridiculous. Why is it a daily timed-based thing? So so the way they're unlocking it yeah. is you have to, more's unlocked each day. For nine days. Mm-hmm. And you have to play that day. It's not just nine days, so you don't just put it in and then not wait nine days. See, that's that's ridiculous, though, because that's not how people learn. Like, you can't you can't do that. No, it's, you have it's, to be able it, to learn at your own pace, and that's why having a tutorial system for a game like that. I mean, you're basically learning a 3D. You're learning a game design program. And in, in, in doing that, there's got to be a better way to do it. No, like, it's just that my... my I learn After Effects by watching tutorial after tutorial, step by step, and being able to do those at my own speed. What happens if you get to the end of the first day and you're ready for another one? You can't yeah. get it? Well, that's, that's, a, that's the point is that it's just... It's just I, I have no problem with them locking everything if they want to lock everything. I'm just saying it should be based on time played, not days. So, like, if you play 10 hours in one day, you still unlock the same amount of content the next day that a person who played for one minute. Or it's not one minute, but five minutes or half an hour. Yeah, played. It's or just, even more of a it's classic... No, it's nonsense. Like a classic game game design where it's like... Make three levels, and it'll unlock more. Yeah, that's what stuff. I'm saying. It you should be contingent right. on. Well, it should be contingent yeah. on either hours played or more likely your accomplishments in the game. Yeah. I have no problem with them locking anything. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that based on days is stupid. But I, I, I too am really excited about Mario Maker. I'd be loath not to say that I'm excited about uh, Mad Max. Uh, I think that game looks really awesome. Avalanche is a great studio. Um, super, super interested to see that game, and I'm, I feel like it's it's flown under the radar because of Metal Gear and the fact that it comes out the same day. I feel bad for them. They probably should have moved it or pushed it up if they could, but they didn't. Um, so I think that game looks good. Uh, Fallout 4 is probably my most anticipated AAA game. Uh, really, really stoked uh, to play Fallout 4. I'm, and, I'm and not excited about Fallout. Here's, here's why I'm sad for you. is because we'll lose you. I know that when Fallout 4 comes out, you're done. Pretty much. You're done. Pretty much. Yeah. I can't Sorry wait. I didn't rub you. I can't I wait. No, it's fine. I can't wait to uh, to uh, get down, Porto. Thank you. Goodbye. Uh, I can't <laughs> Suicide wait. Suicide die. <laughs> uh, so Fallout 4, I'm excited about. I'm excited. Uh, I mean, game's further up. Uncharted Collection will be cool this this. Uh, oh, my fall. God. And there's yeah, that. The but, uh, but there's also Uncharted 4 in the spring, which is which is awesome. See, I look at this particular fall, and I'm not super overwhelmed. Like, I, I look at it, and I'm like, okay, you're going to get your Call of Duty. I don't care about that. Although, I'll play the campaign. I'm not going to, like, sink any more than a weekend into it. Uh, you're going to get Battlefront, which I'm not going to play because it's multiplayer. You're going to get, um, you know, just some, some various, like, st- Madden, some standard games that you're expecting. And then it's really just, like, Fallout 4 is the marquee title for me. If you own an Xbox One, obviously you're going to want to look at uh, Gears, which is yeah. very soon. Uh, you're going to look at Halo 5 and, and Forza. I'm interested in the Halo 5 campaign. Tomb Raider. And on Tomb Raider. Yeah. Damn it. Um, so, I mean, there are games to look forward to, but actually, looking forward, I'm even more excited about uh, 2016. Mighty Number no. Nine is going to come out in 2016 now. Now I've gone. So you, hope. Uh, I'm super skeptical now about that game. Like really, <laughs> extremely skeptical about it. Uh, because this delay is just totally dubious and fucking ridiculous. Let's not forget that this game was supposed to pretty much come out imminently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's being pushed back until next year so they can make the online work. I'm like, all right, that doesn't make any sense. There's something wrong with that game. Uh, so so that's coming out. Obviously, we already mentioned Uncharted. Uh, four, which is super exciting. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Now that we're starting to learn a little bit more about it, sounds super super exciting. What is the deal with that? When's that coming out? 
like holiday 2016. So we'll see basically a lot of it. Probably E3. They'll probably reveal everything. Uh, All will be revealed. Uh, so I mean, there's there's a but again in the, in the smaller game space. I mean, I'm excited to play Banner Saga on my Vita and like there, there's just a lot of smaller games as well. Yeah. And I'm kind of you know right now, uh, as far as what I can talk about what we're playing, I, I'm super excited about you know everyone getting their hands on Mega Man Legacy Collection because it's fucking awesome. Mm. I just sat on the edge of my bed last night playing it on PS4. I have an early copy of it on PS4 and we have it on Xbox One as well. But I'm honestly playing for trophies and. Uh, I sat on my edge of my bed. I'm like, I'm going to play Mega Man One for a little while. And then I just beat one and I beat two and I beat three. Like just sitting there. You're a crazy person. You are crazy. But that's awesome. Like, that just shows how much you love those games. Like, I get the same way playing the Mario games, like the old ones. Or I'm just playing through, and I'm like, I I, I boot up All-Stars. And next thing I know, I'm halfway through three. And I'm like, is it is it like looking at a painting, do you think, for you guys? Like, looking at a piece of art that you're like, I just want to just continue to consume this. Because to me, I mean, I guess I have movies that are like that. And there are some, I just wouldn't think about going back and reading a book or playing a game that I've already beaten. You know, once I'm done, I'm like, I'm done. I don't know. For you guys, is, is, it, is it, or is it just all nostalgia where you're like, or is it just great? Is it just a great game with great I mean, replayability? I think it's, it's a mix. It depends on the games. Like I wouldn't go back and play everything. It's just sure. there's certain keystones that I'm like, yeah, because usually I'm just like, I'm one and done, just over it. Like mm-hmm. when I beat the games, but a lot of these older ones, they're just I love them. Yeah, they're just master classes on gameplay. I think I think they're just fun to play. Yeah. It's like putting on an old glove. It's like it's it's testing testing muscle memory you developed 25 years ago at times. It's 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 fun. I mean that's why I like you know I just beat Arkham Knight finally. And, you uh, did? Yeah, and I, what'd you I, think? It, it's a good game. I like yeah. it. I think it's overrated, but I think it's a good game. Um, I, 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 everyone's a lot of people are talking about like it's game of the year, and it was like I'm like it's not on, on a storytelling level and on a character level, it's awesome. I think it's great. On a gameplay mm-hmm. level, I wasn't really that impressed to be honest. Um, I think it's fine. I, I, it's definitely not my favorite game of the year, but I'm glad I beat it. The reason I brought up Arkham Knight was not to discuss that or, or have a controversy about that, which was more to say that's a one and done game for me, where I was like I beat it and immediately deleted it off my system. I'm like I'm done, mm-hmm. never going back. Right. So it's. Uh, especially with all that Riddler shit, I have no patience for that. No, I'm not doing that. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like that more about games today. Although, like, Uncharted Collection is a great example of I, I, I platinumed all of those Uncharted games, and I'm going to platinum them again. It's not even like I'm going to just sit and play them. I'm going to get the platinum trophy in those games again. You are so, crazy. So but it's but they're I'm also so they're, 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 those they're games, games are masterpieces. You know, it's different than just playing a game to play it or a game that's fun or good. There are lots of good games, mm-hmm. but there are fantastic games and those are the games that you'll always go back to i will go back to uncharted again in 20 years and i'm sure it'll be just as good yeah, yeah. i just uh, think it's crazy that uh with these games now i i feel like it's going from nothing to so much at once like this september is about to be insane even if it is just a handful of games coming out right in the beginning or like late august but like what crazy, do we have in man. september well there's uh so until dawn is a week before september okay and then we got um When's Metal Gear coming? Metal out? Gear September first. September 1st. Mad Max is September first. Mario Maker's the eleventh of September, and um, <laughs> then it, Gears is in there. Forts is in there. Yeah. I think. Damn. Like, um, yeah, there are there are a lot, uh, quite a few AAA triple A games coming out, and then right into October we got Uncharted and we got all this other stuff. It's like man, it's a lot be going on. It's gonna be good. I mean, that's the way it always goes. We just we're so again hyper sensitive to what the day to day happenings in the industry that we're used to it being slow, and it's just this is the normal. Like, frankly, I look at this fall and I'm like, it's busy, but I I remember much busier falls than this. Yeah. I feel like actually Q1 and the first half of Q2 have become crazy out of nowhere the last few years, and that's kind of where a lot of games that are pushed out either because they need more time or wisely because they're going to get crushed. Um, you know, that's kind of, yeah. you know, that's why I'm surprised that I, I mean, I'm, I I kind of anticipated some more delays in the fall from f- get away from Fallout. We haven't been seeing those yet. And I'm, so, I'm shocked by that because Fallout's going to squash a lot of games. Like, it's just, 
A lot of people are like, you're overestimating how good Fallout's going to sell. So I'm like, no, I'm not. Fallout 4 is going to sell millions and millions of copies, and and uh, it's going to do it very easily. And anything around it is going to suffer, whether it suffers a little or a lot. I mean, it remains to be seen. But I was surprised that they're sticking with that Tomb Raider release date on Xbox One and Xbox 360 on November 10th. It's the same day Fallout comes out. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, that's suicidal. Like, I don't understand like why you would do something like that. Because given the option and the $60 in your pocket, and most people don't have the time or maybe even the means to buy multiple games at the same time, you're going to buy Fallout, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I presume that's like a 9 out of 10 kind of... I don't like know 9 out of 10 that people that are, that, are, that are into games or would prefer Fallout, you would, you would assume, but maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I think Tomb Raider has a slightly higher market share than that. I'm so, it has a great market share. I'm just saying there are games that, that crush everything around, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like that's strange to me, but... Yeah. All right, guys. The second topic comes from Patreon from our boy Brandon Ferguson. Brandon Ferguson. To begin, I'm 16 years old and grew up with the generation of Xbox 360 and PS3 games. Yeah. Wow. Uh, But recently, I've been purchasing old consoles and games to play so I can experience the older retro games. So my question is, what are some old NES, SNES, N64, PS1, etc. games that I need to purchase and experience? Thanks. I mean, this this is a tough one to answer because all... Yeah, I mean, like, you really could distill it down to, like, a few games on each console that you really need to play. But again, the the I feel like in the NES era, and even if you go back to 2600, which is another console I think that's totally worth playing, um, if you want to understand, like, the genetics of games, then I think that's a, actually an essential, 2600 is an essential console to play. Um, well, so that's a big question, because I've been going back and forth on uh, Twitter with some people about uh, games that are pre-NES. Are there any that are necessary to play? Yeah, I mean, there's a ton like, of like free what? NES games. Uh, if you want to understand where adventure games come from, there's a million different games to play. If you want to understand where uh, where RPGs and Western RPGs came from, a game like Ultima is probably worth playing. But if not you, so like, much if you want to understand where they came from, but more like these are classics that need to be played. Like these are just great video games. Sure. Like, not I, a history lesson, but you, just great video games. Yeah, I mean, my favorite Atari game is River Raid. I think that's a fucking classic game and super fun and super easy to understand but it's like it's it's a fantastic game yeah i mean space invaders miss pac-man defender these are all yeah. pre pre-atari games that uh or contemporary or atari pre-nes rather uh that are totally awesome games to play still i mean like miss pac-man is a fucking masterpiece that game mm. is awesome 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 game especially if you play it in an arcade like in an arcade cabinet or a, a cocktail cabinet i think something like space invaders is Space Invaders is so was so popular in Japan that there was a shortage of 100 yen coins when the game was out. I mean, that's an incredible, incredible thing. And, and, and that's, not a, that's not so much a zeitgeist thing as much as, like, that's just a good formula for a game. Space Invaders is a solid game. I would even say something like Arkanoid, brick-breaking game, Breakout, yeah. uh, are awesome. And, and you find where a game like, frankly, a game like we were talking about recently, Peggle, come, mm-hmm. like, it, it traces its genes back to those kinds of games. So I think... Are they essential to play? Actually, yes, I think that they probably are. Yeah, think, okay, those are those are good options. Yeah. The, the Twitter conversation started with uh, the rare replay that we. Yeah, were I mean, none of those. And they're games like, oh, you, you, like Tim, you're just hating. You're setting a bad example for people, uh, for younger gamers, and saying that all old games are bad. I'm like, I've never said all old games are bad. In fact, I love old games. He's like, yeah, but nothing pre NES. And I'm like, that's. I mean, I'm not saying that. Yeah, Pac Man and all that stuff. Duh, those are like classic games that are fun. The gameplay is there. But a lot of the a lot of the other stuff we're playing, they no, simply you, weren't good. No, you don't need. I mean, there's a lot of text adventures that you can play back. Then. I, I like it's it, again. It depends on if you want to have like go back and like really enjoy yourself, which is what you want to do with video games. But there's a part of it that I feel like if you really want to understand games, you got to go back and not so much enjoy yourself, but just learn the story. Yeah. And the beauty of games that I think is still we talked about it. Nick and I talked about it not too long ago. Was 
when you compare games to film, games right now are, are in like the 1940s, mm. right? Mm. Like they're really coming to their own. This is, this is when we got Citizen Kane and stuff like that, right? And which a lot of people think something like The Last of Us might be something like a really seminal work of storytelling as opposed to like what came before, like the silent pictures and stuff like that, which is maybe what something like from the SNES era is. Yeah, exactly. The beauty is, is that we're still not far enough removed from the beginning. And I'm not talking about like tennis for two, 1959. I'm not talking about mainframe role-playing games at universities. I'm talking about like pong and everything after that. So like early seventies after that, we're not far away, uh, far enough removed from that where it's not impossible to go back and learn because in 50 years, it's going to be very hard to go back and figure it out. And especially because a lot of these games just won't be playable. Yeah. And so I encourage younger gamers, and I do it often. A lot of people email me or we talk on Twitter or Facebook, whatever. I'm like, you got to go back and play these games. It's important. You really can't understand where games are now unless you go back and play those games. And I think it's important. Now, if you want to just have, if you want to, to his question, if you want to just enjoy yourself and you want to start with the NES, which is a great place to start. It's still my favorite console of all time by far. There are, I think, it would be important for me to understand what genres he's into, but I think you can easily say the Mario trilogy on there, both Zelda games, Castlevania, Mega Man. Uh, I would even jump into things like Dragon Warrior, Faxanadu, Crystalis, Star Tropics, Kid Icarus, Metroid. I mean, there's a lot yeah, of there's a lot. there's a lot of games on NES that are, are worth playing. And then SNES, it's a similar thing, but it's when we get to the SNES era that I think we really need to understand where he's coming from yeah. because it starts to get so broad that are you into role playing games? Are you, do you like side scrollers mm-hmm. or? Platformers would, or... would you say that it'd be like from the NES on? It was it's like a triangle going down. Sure, yeah, it's, yeah, like it. Pro- yeah, it's exactly that's exactly where I would say because why I like going to Atari and and, and even fucking around with games like in, in, interim games like Pitfall or something like that is there was a time when we couldn't imagine playing a game like Mario. Mario wasn't the first platformer, but it was the first platformer that we understood and really as gamers really grasped onto. Yeah. But going back to a time where no one even could make a game like that or make a game like that run, it's pretty extraordinary. And if you put yourself in 1982 mode and you're like, all right, I'm playing Miss Pac-Man and I'm playing a shit or I'm playing a shitty Pac-Man port on Atari 2600. This is what the best they could do, you know? And then you just go three years ahead and you have Mario Brothers. And you're like, Jesus Christ, like that, put yourself in that place and be like, three years ago, I was playing this and now I'm playing this. And then you go six years ahead of that and you're like, now I'm playing Mario World. Yeah. And then three years from that, you're playing Super Metroid. And then three years from there, you're playing Castlevania Symphony of the Night. You know, it's like it, the timeline is so essential. Yeah. I don't think you can really appreciate going back in, unless you are willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's my take. I don't know if, if you guys agree, but I think it takes work. It's not all fun. Oh, I, mean, definitely, I mean, that's completely accurate. But so going going from it, you got the NES and the SNES, and then there's the jump to the 3D consoles. So then in that era, I feel like there's much less games that you have to play because they're more similar to contemporary games. That's true, and I also would say that I think this is when genre becomes really important. The, your preferences become more important as time goes on because, yeah, PS1, N64 to a degree, but not nearly the degree of PS1, had such a vast library of game. A lot of the games sucked. There, there were, I mean, I'm not saying P- PS1 was a great console, but there's a lot of garbage on that console. But this is where it's like, do you like 3D platformers? Mm-hmm. Do you like role-playing games? Because this is well, a seminal take, role-playing let's game Let's take all console. of that stuff out of it. Like, what... What are just the games that people need to need to play? Because even on NES, it's like giving them Zelda. Like if they don't like that type of game, they're not going to like it. Sure, you know? I agree with what you're saying, but I do feel like on N64, like it would be easy to get, go like, all right, play Mario 64. But if you're not into 3D platformers, then who the fuck cares? You know, like there's other games on that console. But I mean, that you would... could say that about any of them, even if it's NES though, right? Or SNES. Like... Sure, but there was uh, my point is that there was just such a limited way to play games. There was side-scrolling games and then top-down games and then role-playing games and some rudimentary sports games. But there mm-hmm. wasn't 
I'm just saying the more and more, because I would, you know, on PS1, for instance, I'd be like, well, you should probably play Final Fantasy VII, and you should yeah. certainly play Castlevania Symphony of the Night, but if you don't have sensibilities towards role-playing games, these might not speak to you, so that's... Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's the thing, like, give it a try, Yeah, right? Final Fantasy These are the games that you should give it a try. Like yeah. So, Nick, what do you, you said that the NES is your favorite console. Easily, yeah. Because of the library. What about you? Oh, that's tough. That's tough. <sighs> I mean, I did a lot of PC gaming. That's the problem. So, I mean, I'm talking early PC gaming too, which was like back in the freaking Disney. I would say probably NES. That's the NES is the one I remember the most because that was the one I shared with my brother. So we were we were we got like two times the amount of games that we were allowed to have. Yeah. By the time I got to the SNES, I think my brother was in. He was done with it. I don't know if he was gaming anymore. But there's, I mean, there's a ton that we've we've already done a ton of let's plays too on uh, on just classic NES games. Uh, most notably, I think did we just do Ninja Gaiden? Yeah, Ninja yeah, Gaiden. So that's, that's, one, that's one of those games you have to play. Um, you got to play. What the Shit, the original Metal Gear is a is a game that I feel like you must play. Contra, Contra, yeah, you got. Oh, you got to play. Contra. There's a ton. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. and there. I mean, there, I mean, I can name. God, I love games like Kickle Cubicle and Arquista's Ring. I mean, there's like really random shit on that console that, that these games are fun and they're they're quaint. There was no excuses back then, you know. Yeah. You couldn't be like, look at these pretty, yeah. this Paper pretty Boy. story. Paperboy's Paperboy's a jam, Must man. Play. I don't know. I mean, I feel like we should Tetris. work out, we should work our way up through the consoles just very quickly. Yeah. Just name like three games for each console. So we've already done NES. What about SNES? I don't know if you can limit it to three, but just like without just a number, a but just the games. ones like okay, Super Nintendo. So for my answer for best console for library, it'd be Super Nintendo PS2. Okay, like for sure. Well, definitely for library. if I, I had to choose one, would. Super Nintendo. But uh, Super Nintendo obviously got Mario World, Final Fantasy VI, which would be three in America. Mm-hmm. Um, a link to the past. Link to the past. Super Metroid. Fucking Act Razors on that console. I mean, and and these are. It's tough, man. There's a lot. I mean, Super Nintendo is a tough one because there's a lot of games. But I was so role playing centric. Yeah. I mean, if you like games, role playing games, you want to play Chrono Trigger, Chrono Trigger, or Lufia, or like, I mean, there's Final Fantasy IV is another one that you'll want to play. Um, if you have, if you can import games, I mean, that's when things get really crazy. You can start playing. I think like Front Mission and Dragon Quest V, and I, I, you know, there's like a, SNES is interesting because that was such a diverse and, and versatile system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even like the original Star Fox, uh, Donkey Kong Country Two, is awesome. Yeah, I I, I even say like again, it, it, and I don't want to go back to it, but again, if you're not trying to just straight up have fun, but like absorb yourself in the tech and figure out where people were, like a game like Pilot Wings, I think is an essential game. Like I remember when I first played Pilot Wings, I thought this was like the, I was like I can't believe this game. Mm-hmm. This game, the Pilot Wings sucks. I yeah. just want to start up say Pilot Wings sucks. It really, but, yeah, I mean that but, was like really it was is. so. Incredible, man. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I was like, I remember being like a, eight years old, being like, "This is incredible. I can't believe this game exists." Yeah, I feel like I feel like you can't you can't talk about early console gaming without talking about the failures too, or the games that you got where you're like, "I'm so excited about this," and because you, you didn't know, and they were just bad or so incredibly hard that you were like, "Am I the only person on this planet that is having this much difficulty with this?" Or are there other people? Right. So it's it's almost like it's almost worth throwing a couple games in there where you're like, "You're not gonna like this." But, like, play Ninja Turtles, right? Try to get past this level yeah. with the freaking underwater bombs. And just just understand that this is what we used to be up against mm-hmm. in this fight for video game glory. And then go back and play a different game. That's that's actually better and, and more fun and easier to – a little bit easier as far as the degree of difficulty is concerned. Because if I remember correctly, TMNT was like – like it, it had spikes. It didn't make any fucking hard. sense. Um, um, but then going moving forward, I mean, N64 – that's easy. There's like three I can easily name. You gotta play Mario. You gotta play Goldeneye. You gotta play uh, Zelda. Yeah, you probably gotta play Zelda. 
Probably. I didn't, well, I didn't like Zelda. I just I couldn't get past the controls. That You're was my insane. only thing. That's when I stopped playing Zelda. Is, that is required. So there's that Mario 64, GoldenEye, and Mario Kart 64. Yeah, you got to play Mario Kart. Mario Kart's still jam. We played that at, at uh, Screw Attack, and I was like, dude, this it comes right back to you. Yeah. Even though we were playing with controllers that were completely broke ass. And there was, I mean, there's others. I mean, I would say Majora's Mask is is a, is a must play on on Zelda or on uh, N64. I think. I loved. I mean, I know people think it's crazy. I loved both Castlevania games on the 64. I think those games were chronically underrated, considering the time they came from. I don't understand quite why people hated them so much. Mm-hmm. They were hard, um, you know. So you know, I think even random, like random, like Hybrid Heaven. There's like random ass games on the 64 that were kind of weird. <laughs> I love yeah. your answers are so bizarre. <laughs> because, Hybrid Heaven. Because I'm saying like because I'm saying like there's there's obvious directions to go in, but I don't I don't always know that that's the right direction to go in. If you and and. Mario sixty four. You know how I feel about Mario sixty four. I think it's super overrated, and it's almost really? it's almost it's almost to a point where it's like how is it overrated? It's because he's crazy and he thinks Sunshine's better. But you know. But what I'm saying is like Mario sixty four is an essential game to play if you want to understand where we were playing at the time. But you want to play a great three D Mario game, and you have time to play one. You play Galaxy. Galaxy. Or something like that. Yeah, but so I mean, I, even I, then, I, like, still, it's, I mean, he he was around for Galaxy, so we'll skip out on or that. Sunshine. Of course. But uh, no, 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 no. Uh, wait, but going going back the... to like Genesis, even. Like yeah, you got to play. Never play any you Genesis have to games. play the Sonic games it, just to play them at least. Like, yeah, just to no, know. I, just, I never liked the Sonic games. I couldn't get I, the first level. I was yeah, like, God, this is just terrible. No, it's not. I didn't like them. It really, really, it really you guys is. are crazy. They were like, bad. They were not. They were bad. just a different type of gameplay that I wasn't used to and never liked. And I'm not yeah, saying they were bad. They were beautiful games. They were stunning, but. That I was like, I don't understand this. This type of gameplay does not vibe with me. I have, I feel like I have zero control over this character because you don't. Because you don't have any control. No, over you totally oh, the one, two, and three. You kidding me? It's all about speed, man. Look how fast Sonic is, man. He's so yeah, fast. That's like never, you know what? He's never stopping to figure out if he's first making the right turns. First zone in each game, and besides that, um, doesn't have anything to do with that. Genesis games. Uh, so I think that. Uh, the only Genesis games that I would I would recommend that I think people really need to play because I think they're seminal and chronically underrated, and I can't believe that this series doesn't exist anymore in the Fantasy same way. It's Fantasy Star. Star. Like Fantasy Star One is a Master System game, but two, three, and four are Genesis games, and they're sci-fi role-playing games. They that wasn't that common, especially on console. We weren't Fantasy seeing them. Star, I don't even remember. We that weren't game. even seeing them. Yeah, PHA. it was like Final Fantasy, but uh, these game, those games are great. Sega like version and. Um, and uh, so I think that people deserve, you know, if you're a role-playing game fan, those are games that mm-hmm. were so very different, I think, from most of what was coming. I mean, we had, like, Robo Trek and Earthbound and whatever the fuck was going on on SNES at the time in terms of more sci-fi or modern-day role-playing yeah. games. But it was much more common. It still is much more common to play a fantasy game in, in, that, in, that, in that genre. And so I think, yeah, those games, you know, especially if people really love Fantasy Star 4 as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's very expensive to find it. But. What about, like, Golden, was it Golden Axe? Oh, Golden Axe and... and yeah. Altered, was there Altered Beast? Oh, Jesus. Like... Don't play Altered Beast. Well, so Altered Beast Which is... one was Altered Beast? I get those two confused. Golden Axe is the one where you... Oh, great. One is the one where you're like, you pick your three guys. It's a, it's a, it's a two, 2.5D, right? You're like, one. you always have to deal with the big axe, then someone else got stuck That's playing. That's Golden Axe. The dwarf. Is that Golden Axe? Yeah, yeah. Um, that, and, that game and, was dope. No, no, Golden Axes are fun games. Don't play Altered Beast. Yeah, Altered but again, Beast. Altered, Be- Altered, Altered Beast might be the worst game I've ever played in my life. Really? Yeah, the game sucks. I mean, it does suck. That but... game sucks. And what's so funny about it? Well, so again, we we're talking about Altered Beast would be a fun game to play if you want to know how bad a game can get because oh, Altered yeah, Beast is yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. atrocious. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Atrocious. Get, get you some Altered Beast. No, I remember this game. No. It's so it, I, it, it it doesn't it just doesn't get much worse than that. You're a guy that you like turned into a werewolf, right? Or yeah, but like it's that. so slow. The the yeah. sprites are huge. It's like this most plotting. Not the game sucks. The game sucks. I hate that game so much. <laughs> yeah. When it came out on PS3, I'm like, I gotta play this again. I downloaded it. 
And I was like, oh, oh man. Oh, my God. This game's awful. So, okay. Is there any more Genesis? No, I mean, I'm not that I, I, I'm not going to even, I'm not too evangelical. Yeah, I, I'm not too familiar with the Genesis library, especially from Greg's a quality here. standpoint. It's more, I just, I love the Sonic games. Um, then, so N64, Star Fox 64 is the one that I was what thinking about. What about Smash? See, Smash, I would wait for the game. Yeah. Like, if you're only going to play one of them, like, to get really into it, I think Melee is the right one mm-hmm. to, to start with. Um, I mean, 64 is cool to look at and be like, oh, this is where it came from. But I think Melee really is, like, that's when they actually the real birth it. of the, the franchise. Sure. Um, but PlayStation, I mean, that's the one that I think that there's a lot of games that are required reading. There's the Final Fantasy VII, Metal Gear Solid, and um, Castlevania. Castlevania Symphony of the Night, the Resident Evil games. Yeah, Resident uh, Evil What about, what about one, fighting games? Two. Oh, fighting games, yeah. Street Fighter, Street Fighter, II, II. Street Fighter on II. Super Nintendo. Right. Oh, yeah, you got to uh, have it on SNES. Mortal That's... Kombat 2, I think, is also required just to play, like just to know. I mean, it's, that, know? that game was totally cultural at that point, too, so it's, yeah. it's a cool game to go back to and, what and about, put yourself in that time. What console was Virtual Fighter on? Was that that was one? Saturn. Saturn. Oh, uh, Saturn. Oh, Soul Calibur on Dreamcast. Soul Calibur, Dreamcast. that's what I'm thinking of. Um, Soul Calibur Tekken. One. When did Tekken come in? Tekken was PlayStation. I'm not sure how Tekken was Tekken like shit, is, though, but Tekken, yeah, Just to see where that came from. 3D arenas and yeah. all that shit like it wasn't the first to do it but it, I mean, it was definitely one of the bigger ones yeah um the crash bandicoot series mm. it's important mm. you love it you love you some crash bandicoot um and like really seeing like knowing that in the 90s platformers were were where it's at you know i'm playing those seeing how things have changed um tony hawk's pro skater 2 on mm. playstation i think that's very important for the history of games and mm. Mm. How things changed then became way more licensed focused and all that stuff. And I'm assuming we're not going to bring in PC gaming into any of this. Well, I mean, you can Steam. Yeah, Steam, a... Steam is a, a smorgasbord. Yeah, go. I mean, there's a that, that's, that's too much. Well, I, I was going to say we probably should end it there just because I, we've already given him thousands of dollars worth of recommendations. Yeah. So he's already going to have to pick and choose. I mean, I, go back if you haven't played, go back and play the Half Life. All the Half Life games are amazing. But if but if he wants to reach out to me or anyone wants to reach out and just you know, uh, you know, you can just ask what what. You know what genre, what console? I mean, because we can get much more specific about these things. It's just these are kind of the yeah. the overarching kind of game. I mean, play everyone X-Com. should play Mario or something like that. Yeah, and PS two just to to go up there because I gave Smash on GameCube, Xbox play Halo one for sure, and um, PS two GTA three, mm-hmm. and Vice yeah. City even. You know, San Andreas. I don't know if it is as important. I don't think I don't. I never played San Andreas. I played oh, really? like five. Seconds. I mean, it's awesome, but it's like I think Vice City held that up real until special. F- what was the last one that just came out? Five. Five. Up until five, my my idea of Grand Theft Auto was I jump in a, one of my buddy's save games and whatever car he has and just fucking destroy the town and then get arrested. And then he gets pissed off at me. That's, that's all I ever did. I mean, hey, that's an option. Yeah. All right. Third topic of the day is what we hope is added to the new co- or to the consoles. So this is spurred by the announcement or the, the rumors of the PS4 firmware 3.0. And the Xbox One's August update. So Xbox now has 1080p 60 game streaming. So you can just stream the games in what is essentially the now standard for video stuff. But the problem there is most of the Xbox One games aren't 1080 anyway. So this is just like... Yeah, it was a little weird. Yeah, it's but interesting. Cool. cool for the future. They'll get like the games improving. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can now right-click on one of your friends and select send message or invite to party to more quickly connect with your friends. I'm sure that's something that people that do that are super stoked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, notifications, you can able, enable or disable them for when you're invited to parties, which is awesome because we get that all the time when we're doing Let's Plays. Uh, you can see an animated display showing all your recently played games, so mm-hmm. you can go into those. Uh, you can compare achievements with a friend. 
That's awesome. That's fun. Um, they've updated my games to support a grid view with the jump list where your games are now displayed in a grid alphabetically. And if you click on one, you can collapse it and stuff. So you can just organize your games better. Um, you can manually add games to your collection. So ones that, for whatever reason, don't just automatically pop up. And, yeah, so every month they're, like, constantly updating the stuff and, like, doing all this. And you were saying that this is, like, a thing that, like, Major Nelson announces on a... Yeah, I think Xbox... I think Microsoft does a really nice job with this, actually, because they, they make it a point to do something substantial to the console every month, which I think is cool. Sony is a little more sporadic, and people are a little more sarcastic about Sony, and I don't blame them because Sony just releases random-ass firmware updates that ruin people's lives because <laughs> they, they just never stop. Uh, and they don't seem to do anything really substantial, but then 2.0 was substantial, 3.0 is rumored to be pretty substantial, too, and... Um. Yeah, it's it, the the beauty of these consoles, and, and and it goes back to almost the last question when someone was asking about what it was like. You know, what, what game should you go back and play, and what were the consoles like? It was so funny. Like, we have these consoles now, and I think we take it for granted. It really started with PS3 and Xbox 360, but and we, um, and before that, really, you could you could PSP. fuck around, you could fuck around with PS2 and PS1, like you just mm. put them on. But they don't do anything. These consoles don't do anything. Like you turn on an NES without a cartridge, and it doesn't it doesn't work. You know, and and now we have these machines that. Well, do you can have a robust four hundred dollar experience on a PS4 without ever playing a game on it because it's just such a great entertainment hub. And the same thing with Xbox One, which is a little cheaper. Um, so it's exciting to think about what these consoles could do and like what the future of these consoles might be, and not only in terms of games, but in terms of their functionality. Which is why I'm so disappointed still that Microsoft kind of backed off on their original strategy because I really wanted to see what that was going to be. Mm-hmm. I was really curious about that. They had a totally different idea for their system. Now their system's just like a PS4. Um, which is great for gamers. Are you uh, talking about the always on? Yeah, like just the always on. Like very, they had a whole TV structure to it. They were gonna have a bunch of original shows on it. That we were gonna do all these like sports interactivity. Oh right, stuff. they had a Halo like they had a, Spielberg Halo, uh, which is still apparently in production. But they shut they down their whole. One, they shut they? down their whole TV division. Yeah, the Xbox originals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was I was interested in that because it just seemed like it was such an exciting. It's too, it's it was hard to communicate it, but it was a very it could have been a very exciting thing if it worked out. It, it's unfortunate too because they that is the that's sort of the name of the game right now right is if you own the distribution platform or or, or the streaming platform which xbox and, and sony or microsoft and sony own then the next step the next natural step is to start creating your own content and sony's already doing it um i think they have i don't watch any of their original programming but i think they have um Power. powers right which uh which is their first foray into the original programming and they may have done one or two things before that but it's cool i mean that's that's the future right and that's what i get excited about is like every day i know you guys check you go play games well guess what i log on or not log on. I, I fire up my PS4, and the first thing I do is check Netflix, see what's new on there, and then I'll go over to the actual movies and TV and see what's new to rent. Um, most notably, like recently, I just rented Gods and Monsters from there because I'd much rather give Sony money than Comcast. I'll just throw that out there. I can rent them on Comcast. We have a war with Comcast, but going I'd on much right rather now. give Sony, a, you know, a company that I support the the extra five bucks here and there. Um, but but I would love to see more original programming come from them, and I would love to see them, you know, utilize some of their licenses to make that programming because yeah. i think sony has the leverage to do that and that's when you start talking you start getting into the a kind of a bigger discussion but like how many properties does sony have access to that would make awesome tv shows or awesome netflix shows or awesome hbo shows if they could do that style of content i would i mean they could they have that uh that audience that is there utilizing their console and like in, uh, interacting with it every day for hours on end that is not even like that's not even something netflix has like netflix doesn't have the active user really you start playing something and then it asks you if you want to autoplay the next one and you're like, well, the controller's two feet away and I don't really want to reach over there. So I guess I'll just, oh, there's another Columbo episode going. But like with PS4, you've just got so much more to it, right? Ooh, sorry. Um, so that's what I'd like to see more of. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see them uh, get, get more content that I can watch and start 
getting more into the original content sphere. Yeah. Um, I don't know how well Powers is doing for them. That's the other problem is no one's actually like games no at least get reported yeah. numbers, right? There's a report every like what quarter of like what game sold what. But with all these new shows, we have no idea if any of them are doing well. Yeah. Zero. There's no metrics for them whatsoever. So the rumored leaked list for PS4 from more 3.0 updates. We got events that then added to the function items. So all events associated with PlayStation are now brought together, enabling you to discover, participate in, and watch the events in a centralized area. Communities have been added to friends. So that's pretty cool. Kind of funny community. Yeah, we'll have stuff. a kind of funny community, presumably. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to Now Playing to see what games or party members of the community are enjoying right now. Um, the layout of the message screen has been improved. You can now broadcast your gameplay to YouTube, and you can upload clips straight to Twitter. The 10 second limitation. So that sounds thrilling for everybody. A 10 second ten limitation? 10 second videos on Twitter. On Twitter. Mm-hmm. Oh. I didn't know that limitation existed. I thought it was just whatever length you wanted on Twitter, but maybe it's just this. I think it's just on their end. Mm. Mm. It's interesting. Um, the layout of Live from PlayStation has been improved for the, the share features and stuff. On settings, you can change the speed for automatic text scrolling. Uh, there's more community stuff, so you can watch gameplay from, like, if you're in a community, you can watch the gameplay from people that are right. streaming. And then other random stuff that you can now you post your comments for activity and what's new. You can now enjoy conversations with your friends using, like, stickers and messages. PlayStation Plus has been added to the function items, so you can see all your benefits in one place. Um, accessibility features are now available when you're playing Blu-ray discs or DVDs. You can restrict, restrict the use of games while looking at age-level information and rating icons, and you can create a sub-account for a minor. By selecting new user, you can now adjust settings for web filtering services, blah, blah, blah. It's like a bunch of parental stuff that works for Jared. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, God damn, that's too soon. That's too soon. <laughs> Jared Fogel, the yeah. uh, subway guy. So, what do you think about Allegedly. this? Allegedly. I don't know. I, I, it sounds cool. Allegedly I mean, I still think that there's fun. some functionality yeah. that they need to add. The problem that, that we're going to start running into, I think, and this is a problem that was with PS3 and Xbox 360 as well, but it, so it might not be as extreme, but it might be over the years, is... These consoles still have a very limited power range that they can really explore, and a limited amount. Uh, their footprint is very limited in the sense of what uh, they want to utilize system, you know, resources with to put onto the system that need to run all the time. So, the more ambitious these consoles get, the more taxed the consoles are going to become. I guess is what I'm saying. And so, this is something that they need to be very cognizant of. It's not a problem right now, but it could be a problem in the future, and it might affect the way games run and all that kind of stuff. So, they have to be very careful about not adding too much to these consoles. Um, PS4 needs to worry more about its infrastructure. PS PS4's PSN still doesn't work properly, um, and uh, it's in what way? Friends lists don't load, messages don't load, notifications don't load. Sometimes, like it's just it's just a very latent system. Still, it doesn't it doesn't interact with the internet very well. Still. Got it. Things stream fine on it. Online play is great. It's a stup- It's a it's a, a stupendous step in the right direction compared to PS3. There's no doubt about it. But they need to clean those things up. Obviously, they need to let people change their names still and do some database restructuring to make that easier. Reconcile their trophy kind of database with their username database, which are two separate things right now, um, based on the way it was built. So I think there's a lot of like behind the scenes thing they need to add. But I'm pretty satisfied. Mm-hmm. I got to be yeah. honest with the way PS4 is right now. And the Xbox One, which I've been messing around with more and more lately. Um, has uh is is fine too i don't like the way P- i don't like navigating ps4 or, or uh, xbox one i think it's confusing yeah. uh but it, it does yeah, a lot I think of the co- ps4 is kind of confusing too, i mean to my thing is honest. i don't think any of the systems got it down in a non-confusing fashion like every time i use them i'm there's always something whenever i'm trying to find something it's harder than it should be 360 i don't remember being that 
But I think bad. that's because you used it for so long. You think long. so? Is this because, because I just interacted with the guy? Because I remember going, you go, the first time I like started messing around with the cross media bar, because I, I wasn't, again, I, I had a 360, I, I put a small amount of games on it. Didn't mess around with PS3 at all. But I, I was amazed that when I fired up my PS4 for the first time and really started playing around with it, that I was like, I don't, I still don't necessarily have the memory of where things are. And that tells me that it's not necessarily the best UI design, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas after the th- first three or four times, it should just be kind of muscle memory of where you're going to yeah. turn the power off the system or updates or where your movies are or like where your Netflix is. I still is. don't know how to turn the system off. I, I don't know that you can turn the system off, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. I, you I turn it off, unplug it, walk away, and it still starts beeping Yeah, it's still shit. doing stuff and the light's still on and like you plug it back in, you get an error message that pops up. It's like, hey, fucker, you didn't turn this off the correct yeah. way and I'm disappointed with you and I'm like, dad? <laughs> dad in here? Oh my God. <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. Um, What's interesting about that is uh, I was was a PS3 guy last gen, right. not 360. So whenever I used someone's 360, I was like fucking lost. But the cross media bar made sense to me. But I think that's because I'd used it on the PSP, right. used it on the PS3. So I'm just like, all right, I get this. I understand if I'm turning the system off, go to the left, go up. Right. Like it was muscle memory. Games, you go to, you know what I mean? At least it kind of broke it down. Going now, it's way more of like a Windows 8 style tile thing on both PlayStation and X, yeah, much more so on Xbox. I like, but. The, I like that design, though. Like, And I actually it's didn't... A, lo- a lot of people gave... I haven't messed around with the Xbox One that much, but when I remember distinctly when the 360 went from the blading structure to that more tile structure, I was like, this makes a lot more sense. Now I can understand where my content's grouped and how it's grouped. And I only have like four or five main screens where I can just kind of shift through and that's where my apps are. Cool, okay, my apps are right there. And then you can like pin them to your home screen so you can just really kind of customize it that way. I don't know if you could do the same thing with PS4, but like that was one of the cool things that I liked was you could go in and just kind of star mm-hmm. what you wanted and then your home screen would be like you would blade over right and that's all where all my stuff would be. And I only use like three of them. It's like Netflix yeah. and the movies and that was pretty much it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little, it's a little, it's still a little confusing, a little clutter for me, even when I pop in a game and I'm like, wait a minute, why are there three games like that are listed on my cross media bar? Like, I don't understand that. Like, shouldn't that just be its own category where of games that I've played and things yeah. like that? So I don't think they've perfected it just yet. I mean, to be fair, like these days there is so much going on that I don't know if there is a, but there's not really that optimized. much going on. Well, there is really, that's all going on in apps. Like that's, that's from my perspective, what I'm looking at, like from how I utilize it, I'm like. There's there's the one screen that's just TV that I constantly go to and I go down and there's like HBO now. And well, what I'm saying is it's like there's a lot going on because it's not just popping a fucking game and it starts playing. That's true. That's very you know? true. It's like where's your saves? Where's your games? Where's the apps that you recently downloaded that are installing? Where's the new stuff that the store's promoting? Where's the store? The, where's the, the Twitter and the this and that? It's like yeah. where's the messages popping up from your friend invites? Where You know what I mean? There's so there's much. A lot of stuff. And yeah. it's like it's not just like there's a – video app that's all your video stuff Mm -hmm. because there's netflix but then there's also them recommending powers because you know maybe the third recommendation will get you to actually click it you know it's like there's all of this stuff happening and like that is something that i'm like wait do i have this game or do i need to download this game when it has like icons of it and stuff and it it gets confusing now using it for like i'm complaining but it's like if you don't eventually understand it, you're just not paying attention. Oh, that's the problem too, right? Is it like it's like your iPhone, where you're like everyone's like, oh, the iPhone's the easiest thing on the planet to to. It's very intuitive and this and that. Still, there's a, there's a level, there's a curve, a learning curve to it, right? There's a level of learning that you have to have for any of these things because beyond a certain point, beyond just putting a disc in and having it play, um, you gotta you gotta figure out how things work. It's the fundamental understanding of what an app is and how to download it. That was also one of the things that. When I started downloading games and downloading updates, I'm like, what is what is this process? Because it asks you like eight times whether you want to download something, and then there's an update, and the update file goes for it. And you're like, eh, right. Do you want to turn off your console after this finishes downloading like, or installing no, something? It's like, no. holy shit, I want to play the game yeah. as soon as possible. Yeah. 
Uh, and then also the power, the, the fact that it is kind of always on, still I, it mystifies me. I'm like, yeah. wait, I can't turn this thing off. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I mean it may be a permanent o- option to turn off the damn light on the controller would be amazing too, so it doesn't go through a controller every hour that I'm watching Netflix. Did you dim it? You can dim it. I did. Your controller still, lasts longer than an hour. Rumble it, a lot really makes you controller. It lasts up like three hours, and then it gives me the error message of like, hey, just FYI, this is out. You won't be able to control anything if this, and then it just it is done. It's done. Yeah, that's what it says it's directly. You won't be able to. control The one thing anything. that I, I want, <laughs> and I know this isn't so much like a firmware update as much as a big change, but I want more classics. Like I want a dedicated virtual console style system on the PSN. They did it last time with PS3 and like PS4. I guess PS Now was the well, so much PS is in there, uh, but PS Now is kind of their answer to that, but it's not an answer. Yeah. No, what's so funny about that, man, is that Microsoft just blew them out of the water with, with uh, backwards compatibility, which I still think I stand by, and I said it at E3, and I'll say it again. That was probably the biggest announcement at E3 because they did something that they, they shouldn't have been able to do. They the, the Xbox One was not supposed to be able to do that, and they figured it out, and it proved to me that Microsoft's really trying on the software side to make it work. I mean, this is a fancy way to emulate games, basically, but... It's awesome that they did that, and they just took Sony's $400 million investment in this company and and, in Gaikai with PlayStation Now and just fucking blew it up. Because now they're just saying, like, well, we don't need to – like, you invested in this for backwards compatibility. We have real backwards compatibility and – or it's virtual. It's virtual backwards compatibility. But we don't – we have a whole back catalog of games. Now, suddenly, as long as they start activating them and publishers give them permission, they can have hundreds and hundreds of new games on the Xbox One by by the end of all this. Meanwhile, Sony has a system that just based on – even if things are working at the speed of light, which they are, through – Ethernet cables throughout the country, like there's going to be latency, there's going to be problems, things aren't going to yeah, work. You're graphics gonna aren't going to look quite as good. There's going to be like weird jaggies. And Man, they really, they really shove their their fucking boot up Sony's ass with that one. I, I I really think that that's still an understated kind of thing because Sony looked stupid now. Sony looks dumb now with this. They're like we we Microsoft's like we have backwards compatibility with the Xbox 360's Xbox Live. That's basically what it is, and you can download all of these games as long as we have permission to do that or whatever. They're going to continue to roll these games out, and Sony's like, well. And they're like, oh, by the way, if you already owned it on Xbox 360, well, you already, you own the game. So you get Mass Effect for free. You're going to get Fallout 3 for free or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sony's like, well, if you own Catherine on PS3, you can pay us again to play it on PS4. You know? And I'm like. Through P- PS Now. Through, through PS Now. And I'm like, Which is not Louise, ideal for anyone. Yeah. I was like, when I saw that, I was like, I really feel like, I know people think it's a big deal and that they're excited about it. But I'm like, that is a that is the big deal mm-hmm. out of that conference. I'm like, that is a really, really bold move. You know, especially yeah, with my it's... PS3 sitting there with all these PS1 classics on it that I love. You know, anytime we do Let's Plays in here, I can't just download them from PS4. I it need is, to bring my PS3 to each other. It's so, but that seems silly to me, right? And I understand there's a lot more intricacies, and from a layman's terminology, like I, I'm not getting a lot of. Like I, I forget who we were talking to um, at E3. One of the devs that came on our uh, the our post conference breakdown. Nathan, uh, yeah, Nathan Vella was like, no, it's it's really complicated, and there's a lot of different architecture that you have to deal with, and this, that, and the other thing. But to me, I'm like, how is that any different than PC gaming, right? Because these are essentially just PCs at this point, right? They're just consoles that have that have chipsets, they have graphics cards, they have an operating system. They're running. I I don't understand how it's that complex, and I and part of me has to think that it's still. There's a lot of business that plays into it too, right? And obviously, it's not a priority for them to make this happen because it costs a lot of money, and. 
to your point, you do end up rebuying the games, right? So there is a loss of revenue if you make everything backward compatible as opposed to having another system where you have to rebuy the game. But like, even then, though, like that, what I'm saying about PS3, you had to rebuy the games. Yeah, but what I'm saying, like, so look at what's happening with the Uncharted collection, right? They they release these collections, and then all of a sudden you end up paying again for a game that you've already played. Or if you're like me, you've never played, and you're like, cool, this is an opportunity to play, like, maybe up versions of what's going on with well, yeah, you know, the I'm original sure. games. If they just offered it digitally, people would just rebuy them. Like, that's not ideal. Of course, I want them free, but it's like... If they released the Crash Bandicoot 1, 2, and 3 mm-hmm. on PS4, I would buy it. Right. You know? But it's like they're just not doing that because of PS Now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. that was that was, the, that was one of the things that I walked away from with at E3 with Microsoft's stance, too, is I'm like, wow, you've really... This is a bold move because this costs a lot of money. They dedicated a lot of engineers to this when you, when you read about it and learn and talk and, and you know, you've learned about the things that people talk to Phil Spencer and these guys. Like, they dedicated a lot of resources to this. They made it happen. It wasn't supposed to be possible. They made it possible. And now they've shot themselves in the foot. But see, I don't know. Why, why? Rele- they've shot themselves in the foot releasing um, and releasing, like, collections, really, now. Like, not only themselves, but also their partners. Because now, like, Mass Effect Trilogy, I thought for sure was a shoe-in for something that was going to happen before the Andromeda came out, probably, like, next summer or something like that. And they'll probably still release it, but a lot of people are going to be like, I can just download them now so mm-hmm. like there's no money to be made there but microsoft's not stupid that was a, a calculated effort to be like look at like what we're doing where this is a pro-consumer move aren't you happy you know and sony meanwhile sitting there being like counting their their nickels and their dimes which they have to do because they're a struggling company and they're but they're looking at this 400 million dollar investment and it's like man maybe you should have taken some of that money and invested in some engineers that would have just made ps4 compa- backwards compatible with ps3 in some way or the psn backwards compatible with the psn i mean PS3, to give them the credit to give them credit for it though i mean ps now in idea is amazing like it is really them trying to be the netflix for playstation games mm-hmm. and that's an awesome goal it's just you got to be the netflix then don't be the freaking vidmo or whatever the hell you know what i mean like yeah, no, failed I, ass. right 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 Things. Well, I mean, that's my thing, though, because for Sony, I can understand a little bit differently, right? Because the difference in their arc of the chipsets was way crazier, right? They had the cell processor in PS3, and now they're on a more traditional set of processors. But for Microsoft, that's why I don't – I mean, I get that it was hard, and I'd love to read the article. I don't want to misspeak. But at the same time, I'm like, what – isn't it just, like, a more powerful version of the 360? Like, no, I, don't, I mean, I think, that, I think that's oversimplifying. Is 360, that way, is that I mean, 360 was it? easier to develop for, but it's it doesn't C++ mean that they're... architecture, though, right? It's still the same. Wasn't, wasn't it the same similar architecture? Which is, I don't presume no, to know that. All I know is that it's... All I know is that it's... It's difficult. It's like we, we've had conversations with Sony about the, like, the very act of changing your name on PSN is going to cost them, like, millions of dollars if they want to really do it. Like, they need to figure out a way to engineer these things. Like, they're... There's huge systemic problems on the networks Mm -hmm. that everything always seems more you know easier on the outside until you have to actually make it work. Sure, and you're talking about a lot. And these these aren't dumb people. I mean, the people at Sony and Microsoft that are engineering these consoles are not stupid. Like they, you know, and it's a matter they can solve it. It's just a matter of saying like, how many resources do we have to dedicate to this, and is it worth it? You know, and to Sony, they're locked in now. It reminds me a lot of what I was saying about 3D gaming. Like when we got into into you know, N64 and Saturn and PS1, and, they, and there was this problem presented to the developers about, well, what does a 3D game look like? And and Mario, Nintendo went in a way of, like, we're going to make an open world that doesn't have a lot of textures and stuff like that. And, and you know, Naughty Dog was like, we're going to make our game really pretty and vibrant, and it's going to be 3D, but it's kind of, like, linear and stuff. And, you know, Sega made their own solution with Knights, which is kind of... Not really a solution. Yeah, not really a solution at I all. Nice, but the but... point is is that they all had the same problem and they found different solutions and we're, we're, we're at a similar thing now where it's like we have a problem with backwards compatibility, no backwards compatibility, no access to the old libraries. Sony's solution was we'll stream them and Microsoft's solution was we'll just invest a lot of money into the architecture to make them free as long as you already own them. 
and those are just two solutions to the same problem. Yeah. And just like Mario 64 was probably the right solution, ultimately, yeah. in terms of influencing I mean, it's everything around it. the same thing they it. did last gen, too, with the 360. Sure. There was just downloadable firmware updates to let you play at Xbox games. And so that's what I'm saying is like I really feel like this a lot of this has to has to do with the business strategy behind it, right? Of like creating that artificial demand and then all of a sudden going like we figured quote unquote figured out a way. And I don't I'm I'm sure that that is the way it worked. I'm sure they had they did a cost benefit analysis and was like it's not worth the initial upfront investment of making these consoles completely backward compatible. But at the same time, like wouldn't it have been easier if they just did that? You know, I mean, knowing that they had to utilize the strategy and it was probably a big shift considering their their poor showing two e threes ago. Um, of coming out and saying we need to make we need to get back in the public graces but at the same time it's like they're building the console right so why couldn't they build that functionality into the basic beginning of it and the only thing that they can the answer is they can because microsoft already proved it so it's not impossible something they, they thought was quote-unquote impossible suddenly becomes possible yeah, a year later but they're it's not but that's the point that's specifically the difficulty with ps4 is that ps4 to run native ps3 games would need the cell processor in the in the box sure they need a they need a way to figure out much like microsoft did i think the way to emulate the games yeah. you know and that, i think that's like what they're doing like there needs to be and this would solve the problem with ps1 and ps2 classics too a way to just emulate the ps3 on the ps2 mm-hmm. you know, or on the ps4 rather well what's crazy with the ps3 was depending on which PS3 you had, some were backwards compatible completely. Yeah, they took it out. Some were kind of backwards compatible, and most of them just weren't at all. And it's like, what the fuck? They took, was, the, well, they took the, the first generation. No, the yeah, first no, generation one. Was there was a more expensive one that was backwards right. compatible, and then they just stopped. Last <laughs> one wasn't, and then the second generation one, which is the one I had, was semi-compatible like some games worked some mm-hmm. games didn't depending on who god knows what and but and they, then eventually like fuck it we're just not gonna have it but yeah. they did that they did that for the same reason that they're doing this now which is like they can't release collections and and milk that old generation and do ps2 classics you can just put fucking ps2 games in your ps3 it was so obvious why they did that i mean that was that's and, that, saying, and that was why people lot, were that's why people were so upset about it but i understand people should be upset about it you should still be upset about it like these consoles like from a user standpoint you should be able to just Take the other one out, put the other one in, and there should be you should be able to play your your back library of games if you have the physical media. For me, it. it's you I should. think it's even less about the physical at this point because I understand the technical limitations of the physical stuff. It's the digital stuff that blows my mind. Yeah. I can't believe that I can't just play all the PSN games. Like, why isn't PSN the console? You know what I mean? Yeah, like a cloud console. Yeah, yeah. Like just having all your games stored, all your saves stored, and yeah. you just and again, you I literally don't plug know in. how this because works, that's but... that's the issue I have right now too. Is like you know these consoles seemingly have really long lifespans but with the acceleration of how technology a technological innovation is going like they're gonna they're already outdated right i mean there's pcs on the market or even laptops in the market that seemingly have better processors in them because it's been two years since these consoles came out oh, there so were pcs when they launched that were better than yeah that. so like how do you handle that right and like i'm i'm fine making the initial investment of like similar to a cell phone like three four hundred bucks every couple of years just to upgrade them but not if i can't yeah play all the games that i have in my library and, and that's it's like huge it's, yeah you know and it's it's interesting too which is crazy like, though because it's not isn't it's the same with movies if i buy a movie on psn can i just have that across the board presumably yeah yeah i've never tried i don't, yeah, buy, I don't, I don't buy movies anymore because why but, but but that's the thing is it's really interesting that i mean i'm sure there's details and reasons why this isn't a thing but why don't we just have psn accounts that we download games to and can play them on the different systems because no. if it's downloadable why isn't it just playable well that yeah i mean but that's that's I understand why that isn't because the games are they, again. They need you shouldn't be able to download a PS4 game and play it on Vita. So it's not going to work. Vita well, can't okay, run the okay. Game. Sorry, I'm I'm not talking. Uh, and see, this this is where it, it falls apart I'm oversimplifying of the modern being able to download the sol- full modern games. I'm talking about like the the smaller games, the like 
the um, like limbo. You know what I mean? Right, but again, you can't. I understand what you're saying, but that is a semantical issue in terms of like limbo just can't run on a Vita unless it's 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 they do something to it because it's just these are just totally different yeah. pieces of hardware. I'm yeah, telling you the sense, point, that, and that's why PlayStation Now made sense because PlayStation Now was scalable, and that was what they were trying to do. PlayStation Now could be scaled to PS4 and PS3 and Vita, you know, and then use like cloud processing to play the games or, or beam them to your, to your system. That's why I'm saying. That's why I'm saying. It would just be great if the PS4 could emulate the PS3. That's that that is the solution to the problem. Just mm-hmm. emulate the fucking PlayStation 3. But again, we can easily you know we're totally ignorant on these. Yeah, things. we, like, we can say, say things. it all day, but I mean yeah. that's no, the ideal I mean, situation. But I'm sure that there's a million reasons why they can't do it or they won't do it. Can they do it? Probably. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is like with oh, I know Limbo they specifically, they can. if you download Limbo, you this get it not... for Vita and for PS3. You know, I guess those are just two different versions. But you download PS1 Classics, you get them for both. For PSP and PS3 and Vita, but they're emulating. But the emulator works on all the consoles. That's all on PS3 and Vita. You know. The, so, but why wouldn't that emulator work on PS4? Because it's probably just not made for it. Yeah. I mean, that's it's what I'm saying. Like, like it's not. It's not as easy as just saying like make it work on this and this. It's like okay, like if you're making a game for, we know I know a lot of developers that make games for for PlayStation products, and it's it's not as easy as just saying all right, send the game yeah. to the Vita. You know, like no, like, look at Axiom like, Verge. Uh, Axiom Verge has been s- delayed for like six months. Well, that's on awesome Vita. because they they, yeah. that, that's a, that. I mean, it boils down to money. Let me put it to you blatantly. Like like plain and plain English, it's all possible if you have the right amount of dollar, like money behind it in time. Like it's not impossible to make any game run on any console if you have enough money. This is not like solving uh, the the formula for fucking faster than light travel, right? Where we just don't have the math to do this yet, right? We haven't figured it out yet. This is just purely someone looking at a book and going, it's just too expensive. It's not going to make us enough money, so we cannot invest in this right now. And it makes sense. It's business. I get that. And it sucks. But like to say that like so we did something that we didn't think was possible for Microsoft to say that I'm like, well, then you really have no faith in your engineering staff because it's clearly possible. They figured it out a year later. Yeah, like, I, I, think, I think they were just I mean, first of all, I'm sure that part of it is, I'm sure part of it is like, look how hard we worked. But I'm also I'm also that. sure a part of it is they probably weren't. They I don't know if they didn't think it was necessarily possible as much. And I don't know the exact verbiage that they used, but it was something like that when we were watching the thing. Like we didn't you know, think we were going to be able to pull this off, whatever, whatever they said. Sure, sure. But it's more about them saying, like, we just didn't anticipate that we would ever have to do this. And right. we wanted to do it. And the console was made and finalized probably in like 2011 when they started probably sending it out to everyone. So mm-hmm. they're like, this is the console we built and right. we can't do anything about it now. Which is why I was so surprised that these consoles weren't a little more modular or something like like that's what that's that what was, was interesting like, too that was i was really I surprised assumed. by that what like what neither of them were like we neither of them left open the possibility at least that we, we know if you look at the ports on them and stuff would be like we can expand this console later. isn't it well i mean you you yeah. could though technically speaking because well i and maybe hard drives i think you could that's all that's all you can they don't have usb ports do they they do have USB oh, they ports. Have the, the the controller ports are usb ports right so technically you could be you could add hardware similar to what apple's doing with their with their uh PCs. I'm sure that there's a fair amount of programming, and I'm talking about ass again. But you know what Apple's doing with it with with their Mac Pros is that they're just processor, pure processors, and you add other hardware to it as you need oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always assumed that, would, that I, I assumed from the 64 on that was going to be what we were going to deal with from the rest of our lives. Like you have the box, and then you get upgrades to it for yeah. Assist so the system lasts ten. But years. instead, we got a GameCube with a bunch of ports for things that never happened. That's what I was going to say. GameCube <laughs> was a great example. PS2 has some re- weird ports too. Yeah. Vita has a weird port. You know, like there's mm. like it, it, it's just like we have no idea what the fuck they were for, right? You know, well, game GameCube, some of them were for like the Game Boy Player, and some of them were for Ethernet adapter, the Ethernet thing. adapter, and all that kind of stuff. But 
Yeah, I mean, we don't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and act like any of us know the technical ramifications of it, but no. it would just be cool to be able to emulate, uh, especially on PlayStation, just emulate the PS3, just emulate the PS3 in some way. Yeah. That way, and then and then you can just go back and play but those See, with games. PlayStation, I get that, though, right? Because you are literally talking about a different a different cell or uh, processing architecture. But, I mean, here's the thing. Let's take all of this out of it. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's yeah. not my job to figure it out. Like, it's true. I just want this. You're the shit. consumer. You yeah. want. It, you pay for it. Like this you thing know. is like I, I know it's not easy. I know whatever, but I'm just saying it's like I, that, none of that matters to me, man. Yeah, like, it sucks. It sucks because it seems like Sony has to strike that balance between being the company that everyone wants it to be and being profitable, right? And sometimes that's not that's not always the same. Like when you're dealing with companies like Apple, whose business model is to make the best thing possible for the consumer, that's different. Right, that, that that that, and then you got Microsoft on the other side of that, right? That that just kind of goes like, well, let's just give a ton of options that ne- aren't necessarily the best, but they work, and people can just pick and choose. Um, those are two separate. It's very very hard to run a company like Apple, where you just make one or two products really really well. And Sony, I think, has seen that they make they're they're a very 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 freaking diverse company, and their entertainment side or their console side, for all accounts, I guess they're struggling. Are they struggling? Well, in, on games, yeah. No, the games are are they're profitable with with what about their console sales? The console sales are meteoric. They're huge. PlayStation's fine. PlayStation's it's the, it's fine. most of the rest of the company. That's not funny. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I get that, right? Like, at some point, you have to strike a balance and you have to prioritize. Not everyone can just do whatever the hell they want to do. Um, and so, you know, I realize that we're sitting here on our high throne talking about, like, why don't you just fucking do it? And, like, there's probably a couple engineers out there that are like, I'm going to fucking kill these guys when we see them because it's not that simple. And I get it. We're oversimplifying it. But there's a need for it. There is a desire for it. And so it just sucks that they won't fulfill that. Yeah, you know, it sucks that they won't be like, let's do what's right, not necessarily what's right for the company. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's the same thing as people out there would be like, oh, why don't they just put the Patreon exclusive um, audio files of the podcasts on an RSS feed? It's like, well, we just can't. <laughs> like, and that's like, I know you're right. We should. We should. We yeah, can't. can't. It just I sympathize. Doesn't work that way, you know. And at the so end of the day, like, it's, yeah, not, like, it's it's not the end of the fucking world. Yeah, and either. then multiply the complication by a million, and that's what you're dealing right. with. We're trying to make the PS4 read the PS3. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, I, uh, like that's that's what I'm saying. These things would be ideal. Sony found a solution that they thought would work and be scalable amongst their platforms, including on tablets and phones. Yeah. Eventually, so it makes sense. I just think that Microsoft cold clocked them. To be perfectly honest with you, I mean, I I'll, I'll I think that's a, a seminal point in this particular war between these two consoles. Not that Xbox One's going to overtake PS4 because I think it's a pretty there's a yeah. PS4 has conceivably sold twice as many consoles as, P- as Xbox One, but to say that, that I thought that that was Phil Spencer is doing good hard work over there at Microsoft and is making fucking great decisions to make this con to turn this thing around. And can you only imagine the Xbox One's power right now uh, on, with consumers and on the market if they didn't fuck it up so badly in the beginning? This is how good they're doing. You know, all things considered, PS3 or PS4 and Xbox One in their in their time up the, on the market as of the beginning of this month have sold fifty percent more units than. PS3 and Xbox 360 at the same time. Mm-hmm. So these consoles are killing. These consoles are fucking killing. You know, and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't, that shouldn't be lost in all of this either. Mm-hmm. All right. Final topic of the day. This topic is brought to you by the Kind of Funny Forums. Mm-hmm. Go to kindoffunny.com slash forums, leave your topic in the Gamescast topic suggestions thread, and we'll get to them. Just like we did to all of these, like Jose Lewis. When you were kids, what made you pick a certain game on your store, and how does that change when we grow up? Box the art, cover. Yeah. yeah. That's all you had. And Nintendo Power. It was dope. Like, Contra just had the two dudes that looked exactly like Arnold Schwarzenegger just sitting on there, like, buffed out. And I was like, I gotta I gotta play yeah. this. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger's Fucking game. In. I mean, that, that's Done. really it. And it's funny, because, like, I think that's changed so much. Actually, I wonder if it has. I wonder if kids these days walk into GameStop and, like, look at the box art and are just like, I want this. 
You know, and I'm sure that happens. Sure. But I wonder if that does is does Minecraft the have box thing. art? No. No. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, well, I guess it does. Yeah. yeah. It's just a guy with the 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 axe. But um. I mean, whether, even if it's digital, the thumbnail is the box art sure. nowadays. But I remember going to Toys R Us and like looking at the box art and flipping it over and looking at the back of the box and reading the description. That really was and looking at like three screenshots. And I'm like, that's yeah, the size of like a nickel. that looks like something I'm into. Yeah, this looks like nickel good sized uh, yeah. screenshots. But yeah, magazines I think were the biggest thing for me yeah. in terms of like which games I'm excited for, looking forward to buying, and then I'm going to make a trip to go buy this game instead of just walking into the store and deciding something. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, I very rarely walked in in my older years. Like, well, not older. When I, by the time really SNES was around, I was just like, well, I was making, I think, more con- concerted effort to buy games that I was familiar with. Even though we were kind of in on by by N sixty four, it was pretty clear. Nintendo Power was just you know a fucking rag for Nintendo propaganda. <laughs> but it was, uh, but I loved Nintendo Power so much. It was it was a great magazine. But box art used to deceive us sometimes. I, I remember we bought two games in particular when I was a kid: Athena which is an SNK game, and then Deadly Towers, which is a broader bunny game. Those games fucking suck. Mm. And they had... Uh, and, and Phalanx. Uh, Phalanx. Oh, SNES. It had yeah. the most badass box art of all time. Was that the guy with the... With the guy, wasn't it, the it was like a, with the bad job. Yeah, yeah, I was like, what? The, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I forgot about that. Um, so, like, box art burned us once in a while. I mean, like, Deadly Towers is just a notoriously bad game, and it had probably some of the best box art on NES. So, But when you think about NES box art early on from first-party games, the box art was terrible, and so, like, you you... It was just like zoomed in versions of pixel art. I mean, it was like Mario. Like so, think of Mario so One's box bad. art. It was, you know? Yeah, it was so him, like in flames. Was it was him jumping the... like out of the fire? And like, right. it, I think the pose doesn't even make sense He's in like, terms yeah. of like gameplay. It's so weird. Like, the, but we, you know, Kung Fu is another one I really loved. That game, Kung Fu, which is an Irem game. Those guys are still around, I think. That game was um, so hard. Kung Fu is awesome, and I love I love how it just cycled constantly. Like, you just see how far you get, you can flip the score. Um, I never got past like the the second round. Never. I'd be oh, like, really? All right, I'm they kick start this. throwing daggers and Nick's out. Done. Um, so I really, yeah, the, the dagger guys are the worst. Uh, so there was, yeah, box art was instrumental. And then later on, yeah, it was it was more, you know, it, talking to your friends and, mm-hmm. and reading Nintendo Power or reading EGM or whatever it was at the time that you were reading. And so I think I started making more informed decisions and, and being turned on to a lot of games that I just didn't know existed. I mean, that's how I got into, like, really deep role-playing games in the Super yeah. Nintendo era. Then by PlayStation 1... Uh, I was reading the internet. We just knew what we wanted at yeah. that point because of the internet. And we, we actively seeked out or sought out what we were looking for. I wonder if commercials, because I mean, video game commercials weren't a thing in the early '90s. You know, well, yeah, they, uh, were. Well, yeah, they, they always were. existed. Yeah, I guess they were. I guess in the '90s. I'm saying before that. Then in the like, '80s, they were too. Really? Yeah, yeah they were. Gaming they commercials. had a lot of commercials. Yeah. They were just on TV? kids oh, that I were like uh, the like Zelda commercial and stuff. Yeah, they were, okay, they were totally misrepresented. But but like compared to nowadays, where there's video game commercials on everything, right? Constantly, you know. Well, if, I mean, also games nowadays are a lot more cinematic, right? So you have cutscenes, you have intro scenes, you have games that look three dimensional and are a lot more visually stimulating, and they're a lot more varied, right? So, like, yeah. imagine you can't really do a cinematic trailer for uh, Zelda, like you know the original top-down Zelda, because it's just like. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not as dynamic. And so you had to have the kid that was like, I'm going to go save the princess, yeah. right? And then get sucked into his fucking TV. Uh, TV or whatever. And you're like, this is terrifying. This is like Poltergeist. <laughs> What's happening? And no, this is interesting. I mean, just thinking back, like, I mean, I know those commercials exist because I've seen them online and stuff. Do. But, like, I don't remember seeing them on TV. Like, the first real commercials I remember seeing were, like, Pokemon. When all the Pokemon get on the bus. It depends on what you were watching. I mean, I remember, because I remember even during, like, G.I. Joe. And, and Smash Bros.? Happy well, Nintendo, Nintendo, yeah, I was gonna say Nintendo's commercials, Nintendo and 90s. PS1 commercials were 
in the N64 and PS1 eras were, were great. They were actually really great commercials. If they, yeah, the, the commercials for things were a little more sporadic. You'd see a lot of st- like box store commercials promoting games and stuff like that as well. Just being like, well, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And you would like oh, see like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, well that was, that was what I was gonna say too it was like going to going to a Toys R Us and seeing the console running and seeing other people playing was all yes, I needed. Yeah. I was like done. I need this. I don't care what it is. I don't need to play it. And that, so I think for the last game that sold me on was Uncharted. Yeah, I remember that like that was when I was like I need a PS3. This looks fucking well, Uncharted was crazy. Dumb. Yeah, so um, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, for me, like you know, when I was a kid, I got you, you got burned. You just got burned. Yeah, that's just what happened, right? Uh, the the only sort of uh, respite from that that I remember was I had friends that had vast libraries of NES games, and so I could just borrow or go over to their house and play them and be like, "All right, this game's really cool. I like this." Um, and then I get my mom to buy it for me or something like that, or you just borrow it from them. But I always had friends that were dicks and were like, "Don't take that out of here. You're never gonna get back." Because I would get it. Like that shit's Your mine friends now, are dicks. All right, this question's from Manny SJ, also from the Kind of Funny forums. Hey guys, this is a rather broad question, but why do you guys? Why do you guys play video games? With more content out there than ever, what is it about gaming that keeps you coming back? I mean, I play games because they're fun. I, mean, I feel like that's such a generic answer, no. but it's your preferred method of entertainment, man. Yeah, there's I mean, something it's... so much more. I mean, I, more and more I watch TV, the more and more I realize that all of TV has they, I, it hasn't run its course. But they've iterated on so many different shows so many different times that it's there's not a lot of innovation happening on on television right now, specifically just because the medium is constricted by by its own, you know, by its own self. Um, whereas games, there's just so there's there's so much more innovation happening. And so I can understand that it's just, it's just much more exciting genre. It's a side medium rather mm-hmm. Um for me, like when I when I look at it, I still see games as just too too big of a time sink for me to really put into. This is why I like movies because I can watch an hour of a movie and then pick it up the next day and feel like I completed something. Whereas if I play Metal Gear, I know I'm just gonna feel like a failure, like I did with Dying Light, where I'm like, I can't. It's too much. I played 15 hours and I'm no closer to like beating this game than I was when I first started. Um, but I can understand them. I mean, it's just they're cool. Yeah, for me, I think I've always Fuck, you know. From as long as I can remember, I was a fan of just media in general, whether it was audio or video and all this stuff. I love all of it. And games are kind of just all of that together plus an interactive element. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like that is what really makes it cool is you're a part of it and you get to do stuff. And it's yeah, designed you have control over it. It's control. It's, it's, it's designed for you to basically it's designed to center around you without you. It is useless, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, and that is that's, that's why they call it a very active experience. Whereas TV just it just keeps going. Yeah, you don't need to be there. No, they don't it's give just a shit. Happen anyway. And most of the time, like they sell ads based on you not being there anyway, and they don't really have an understanding of how how you're watching it or why you're watching it. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, like now they track DVR and stuff like that. But who gives a shit? Yeah, TV's dumb. Calling? Sorry, I don't mean to be rude. I have dinner uh, after this. I'm just. I'm just Do you need me to text someone? No, no, no. Should I'll I text someone for you? No, no, no. It's totally Can I text someone? No, please don't. All right. Uh, so I want you to notice this though. Have you seen this? Of course. It's That's ridiculous. Do you know who, who those are? That's Mr. Nick. Feeney and the kid that sells drugs eventually. No. No. He That kid sells drugs. Look at his face. He's the kind of kid. Eric Matthews does not sell drugs, That Nick. kid eventually got a tattoo on the side of his neck, right, because he's hip-hop, and he's slinging freaking Eric Matthews, eight hip-hop. balls in the valley. Guaranteed. No. He's Guaranteed. He's the older brother right. of the... He's the, the main, He's the guy that had the a couple problems with drug and alcohol. Maybe oh. had a couple arrests. He gets crazy in the future and becomes dances with squirrels, but that's a whole other. Can I? I rest my point. Yeah. 
He's also he's eventually drunk. voices Batman Beyond. Yeah, no, I met him yeah. the other night. Nice guy. Uh, he's a nice guy. So uh, why do I play games? I, I I come to accept that I just that's what I do. So the character looks. Like mm-hmm. I like him. I like playing video games. It's it's not something I've I've even thought about why I play games in twenty five years. You know, I just I like playing games and. Uh, I ebb and flow. There, there. I remember when I was at IGN, there were months sometimes where I wouldn't play games, like except for at work. Like, I just wouldn't play games for months. And then there were times where I was even feeling a little bit drab about it this summer. And then last weekend, I just you know cruised through a couple of games because mm-hmm. I just felt like it. Now I'm playing everyone's. Everybody's gone to the Rapture, and I'm playing Mega Man Legacy Collection. Rapture's. Uh, I'm. I mean, I'm only a couple hours into it. I really like it. Yeah, but I don't. I understand that it's not. It's not going to be for everyone. I'm. It. it I don't think I'm going to like it. It's very. Uh, mysterious and open and open to interpretation and doesn't really tell you what to do which is cool um i don't like that i don't like it at all so justin or colin justin wants to know justin bennett why isn't square bringing back bringing wow i'm like breaking today this is bad why isn't square bringing back classics like secret of mana secret of evermore vagrant story xeno gears a true front mission etc the list goes on and on bringing them back like not the old ones but why they're like doing doing new ones so, Front Mission is a really egregious one to me because of what they're doing to that series, which is so fucking disappointing. They're turning them into, like, Armored Core games, which is... Mm. Front Mission, which started on Super Famicom, and we finally got the original one on DS, which is a great game, um, is a really deep strategy role-playing game. Like, deeper than Tactics, Ogre, or Final Fantasy Tactics. You use mechs, and you equip your mechs with a bunch of different shit, and your player also has, like, statistics. It's a fucking fantastic game, and they and, and it's just... It's a little... I don't want to say highbrow because I don't think it is at all, but it's just a little hard to understand, I think, for some people. And I think they just were like, well, we can make it very Western. And so they ruined that series. Uh, Xenogears, I don't don't know. I mean, Xenogears is an interesting game that a lot of people like, but Xenogears was clearly rushed at the end. And I'm not so sure what the legacy of that game is internally at Square, um, Mm -hmm. if they have any interest in bringing that game back. So Uh, Secret of Mana and Secret, I mean, Secret of Mana did come back. I mean, there was another Secret of Mana game, I think. Wasn't it on PS2? Secret of Mana. Or PS1. Was there? On PS1. Wasn't there? Was that that Secret of Evermore? No, Secret of Evermore is an SNES game that was an Enix game that Square now owns. And Secret of Evermore is a great game, too. Um, but I feel like Mana did come back. Legend of Mana. That, that, I mean, that series did come back. So I don't, I don't know. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Um, so why do they not do these things? I think there's just – they have to balance it. The, you know, they have, they have their tentpole series, mm-hmm. Eastern series. They have Final Fantasy and they have Dragon Quest. And yeah. They're, and they're going to continue to focus on those. Now they're also doing Star Ocean. So that's like kind of an A tier, not a triple A tier, but an A tier thing. I think that they're kind of throwing because I'd love to see them bring back Brave Fencer Musashi. I'd love to see them bring back the Bouncer and stuff like that. But they're just not the going. Bouncer. They're not going. I, li- I like the Bouncer, <laughs> and I, I don't. I don't think that they're going. They're just. Yeah. They're worried about their legacy so much because yeah. they can sell these old games. They want to focus on the things that are going to sell their business. So, so Xenogears, right? This yeah. is a series I never really got into. I'm looking up Xenogears under- right now. That's what I'm doing, Kevin. So shut up. I don't understand this. So Stop there's Xenogears, mm-hmm. and then there was Xenosaga. Right. One, two, and three. Yeah. On PS2, right, right, are those connected? I don't, I don't know because I didn't play them. I played, I bought Xeno Saga, which had some German name. I don't remember. It was like some ridiculous name. Oh yeah, and uh, I played it, and I bought it. So I bought it when I was in college. I think it was a freshman in college, and I put it in, and it was like an hour later, and like I still couldn't play it. I'm like, I'm out. And yeah, there's so and many I, like, Cosmos, I, whatever. Yeah, I like hit the, uh, I put it back in the box and brought it back to the store. So that was my experience with it. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know that they're, I don't know that they're necessarily connected because then there's like, you know, not that it comes from the same company, but you know, there's a lot of Xeno. Well, Xeno Blade, the Chronicles, which they're not, Xenoblade, they're not Xenogears the same now. No, they're not, they're not related. Xeno okay. is just. What I does Xeno mean? 
Yeah, I mean that's the thing you have to you have to look up. I'm look Zeno right Gears now. logo. I'll never forget getting Zeno Gears in '98, man. I got it for Christmas. It was uh, define special. Zeno. Interesting. Zeno define. I'm proud of myself that I knew it was called an X. Final question of the day from James Tam. Why has Nintendo dropped the ball so hard on Virtual Console? Also, why no Super Nintendo games for Virtual Console on the 3DS? I feel like we've talked about this a lot. But to them. it all comes down to licensing stuff and weird things like that. And besides that, I think they're just, in the last topic we were talking about with uh, Sony making their decisions with PlayStation Now and all that, why is there not Super Nintendo, Super Nintendo games on the 3DS? I don't know. I really don't know. None of that makes sense. They might not be able to do it. I don't know. I mean, the three desk can run Super Nintendo games. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there's there's probably more that meets the eye. Again, when yeah. we were talking about the yeah exactly the last thing where it's like I, there's might be an engineering issue. Um, that's my presumption mm-hmm. uh, or my assumption. It's not a presumption. Um, I really feel like people are hard on Nintendo. I don't feel like there are many Nintendo published games that are not on Virtual Console of any. But here's the thing: when you bring the 3ds into it, that's when it's just like, what the hell. They're just not there, right? And I, but again, I think that there's just there's just reasons for this that we don't quite understand. Because um, when you look at it in its base form in Virtual Console on Wii, not Wii U, just the Wii, it's awesome. Like the Virtual Console is great. I mean, that was the, the best thing about the Wii. It's the I mean, best it took thing about the Wii U. Years for it to be great, but, but I, now but looking back, it is. I guess so. I mean, I, I, I again, I feel like Nintendo rolled a lot of their stuff onto the console pretty quickly. I, I remember when I first started at IGN, even in 2007, that they were. Um, you know, they had an announcement every week where they were just they were just going and releasing three, four, five games a week, and not only for first party games, but um, for you know third party games as well. But they run into a wall, I think, eventually where they have to kind of go into their old stock. And I think something like Earthbound not being released for a while was weird. And there are examples like that, but I think a lot of it now comes down to third parties and third party cooperation. And they might look at these games and be like, "You're selling it for five bucks. We might have a plan for Contra in the future. We might have a plan for Blades of Steel. We might have you know." We can make more money later if we release yeah. these games now, and then we try to release these games again later. Do we pull these games down? Do we look like assholes if we're charging more on yeah. this platform? There's a lot of semantics that I think a lot of people don't look into. So, you know, I'm surprised that we actually got the amount of games that we did because if I was Konami and I was releasing these Castlevania games, for instance, I would have been like, we'll put them all on a disc and sell them for 60 bucks. We're not putting them on virtual console. Yeah. You know, and they instead they just released them piecemeal and made less money. So you can almost look at it from the other point of view. Yeah. I mean, I'm just shocked that Super Mario World is not on 3DS. They might have a plan to roll those Super Super Nintendo games out and make a big event out of it. But there there must be, I mean, the only Virtual Console games I played are, are NES games. because I didn't, I didn't even realize that there's nothing else on there. But it, it could be a, a problem of emulation. It could be mm-hmm. a problem of they want to make a splash. They want to distract. I mean, just, it things. can't be the emulation thing. I mean, they got Genesis stuff on there. They got, like, all this other shit. And there are like, Genesis games on the 3DS? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, they're different consoles. Again. No, I know. But, I mean, it's just like... At that point, when you're dealing with those old things, like, well, I know the emulation is possible because if you just homebrew stuff, you can make the emulation. Oh, I'm sure the emulation is possible. I'm not saying the 3DS cannot handle Super Nintendo games. The 3DS should be able to handle N64 games, too. And it does. I mean, it handles Super Mario 64 and and, and Ocarina of Time, Um, you know, natively on on cartridge, on on card. Uh, But there must be a thing where, like, we don't don't want to dedicate the resources to this or we have a plan for this. We're going to roll them out. We're being patient and waiting for other games. I mean, who the fuck knows? knows? Nintendo seems weird and they make a lot of stupid decisions, but they're, they're also very calculated. So I don't think this is something like, oh, we forgot. Yeah, you know, I think there's, I think there's probably, I think there's probably <laughs> like, shit. Good, good point. Totally forgot about that. It's yeah. a little post-it note on someone's desk, like put Mario World on, put 3DS. Mario World on 3DS. It's like, motherfucker, oh, man. Um, right. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been the first ever episode 33 of the Kind of Funny Games Cast. Until next week, we'll be right here. We're just gonna wait here. We're not gonna do anything. But you guys should go to the Kind of Funny forums. 
post some topics, have discussions. Let us know about your responses to all these different topics. What, what do you want to see in the firmware for the Xbox One or the PS4? And uh, what else is there? What are, we, what are we talking about? What games are you most excited about? That's the one I want to know the most about. And are you excited about playing volume? Shout out Mike Bithel. I love everybody. What up, MP? Kevin. Don't right. love you. Kevin, how's that scone? I'm going. Bye. Bye.